The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Hello, Tony. Yeah, salute, my friend. Good to see you in the right side of America. Feels good out here. Feels good, right? Whole different feeling. Feels normal. Yeah. People aren't terrified. Correct. They got everybody scared as fuck in California. It's horrible, man. Everything's shut down. Everything feels bad. It's sad. It is sad. The it's... more the more businesses are completely closed, the sadder it is. It's seeing stuff that you know. Yeah. In the memories that you have there. It's also, I think it's harder to bounce back in big places. I think it's harder for big places to bounce back. Because you get, like, all these stores closed down. Like, all the stores that got hit hard with the looting on Melrose. Like, yeah. they're still closed, right? Most have any of them, them come back? Most yeah. of them. Yeah. When you drive down, the last time I was there, it's like boarded up, boarded up, boarded up, four lease, four lease, four lease. I'm like, this takes a long time to come back. It feels that way yeah. for sure. Some places are open, but it's not the same vibe. Yeah. Out here, they're not interested in shutting things down the same way, especially the governor. He's like, we've got to keep businesses open. And, and he's right. Like, he, you, you can do it safely. I mean, I think you could do it safely here better than California because there's lower numbers. There's less people. Yeah. There's just, you know, everyone's not as smushed in together. And everyone's more relaxed because of that. It makes you realize when you come to a place that has less humans, it makes you realize, like, oh, that's better. Like, there's plenty of people out here. It's not like we're in the farms, in the country, in the middle of nowhere, in the mountains. It's not yeah. like that. It's a city. But it's a less populated city. And everything's just a little more... <sighs> yeah, relaxed. L.A. is a hmm. giant county. Yeah. It, 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 people think it's a city, and it's just a massive, huge place. And it smushes in with Orange County, which right. is even more populated, right? Yeah. I mean, how, is, are, well, no, not, L.A. is probably more populated than Orange County, oh, but... Yeah. Orange County is so dense, though. There's The traffic in Orange County on the 405 is mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, when you're driving down to San Diego, and you're just like, where are all these people coming from? Right. There's so many of them. And north, too. I went up to Pebble Beach a couple weeks ago. Ed, traffic's just crazy. I mean, you're, six lanes. You're all in with the golfing. Look it's at you. unbelievable. You took a trip to Pebble Beach. I'm telling you, dude. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> Out of nowhere. I went to go smoke pot with my buddy Pete one day, and, and then... You know, he's like, yeah, I'm golfing. I'm like, great. I'll smoke pot with you there. I figured I would just drive the cart and have fun. The rest is history. Addicted. I caught myself the other day watching uh, a thing on the TV, like golf lessons or whatever. And at the same time, I was on my iPad on YouTube, not realizing I was doing two at once, learning how to chip. It's so much Very fun. Very dangerous. That's why I never played. Why is it dangerous? Because it's a suck of time. It sucks time. Not that it's bad. People enjoy it. And, and, and as, as far as like activities that suck time, I mean, at least you're walking around. You're out in nature. You got all that beautiful green grass. You know, there's, there's positives to it. It's definitely an interesting thing to suck time because it gives me energy. And when I'm away from it, I can think more clearly about everything else. It's like it's very meditative. Mm hmm. You're always thinking about your next shot or your last shot, what you did wrong, what you could have done better for the next one. So it's like when I'm out there, it's I'm not looking at my phone for four or five hours, which is great. I'm not thinking about anything else so that when I do afterwards and, you know, normally most days, if I don't do that, I 
sort of like crash out around evening time. But if it's a golf day, even if I'm up at 6, 5, 7 a.m., I have energy all day, mm. all night after that. Those are the best days now. Yeah, it's probably like every, like, archery's like that. It's meditative. Yeah. It helps clear your mind up because it's so difficult, right? Yeah. You're yeah. concentrating so hard on each individual putt and shot. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? Putt? Yeah. yeah. What do you call them? Shots? Drives? It depends on what you're shooting. The, the drive Talk is from the tee. Talk to me about your tee. knowledge. Yeah, the drive is from the tee. That's the first shot. That's power. <laughs> Hopefully some accuracy. You're aiming for the middle. Uh, is that the hardest to get good at? No, putting's the hardest. Really? Yeah. But what about miniature golf? It's all touch. That putting's the most like archery. Miniature golf yeah. isn't really the same. <laughs> <It's> not. <laughs> no, on the golf course, there's no hey, windmill to knock it back at you. Got to get it up that ramp. That ramp's narrow. The ramp? Yeah, the ramp. Oh, yeah. To get to the, the windmill? <laughs> right. You got to get it in the clown's <laughs> mouth, just like at Pebble Beach. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, where are your clowns? There's no other sport that's worth millions of dollars if you're the best that yeah. also has a miniature version that little kids play. <laughs> right? Totally. Like a fucked up version with all like bumpers everywhere and weird holes. and It's fun, though. It's on concrete with fucking fake grass over it, right? Yeah. There's no... I guess there's bumper pool, but pool's not pool's not nearly as popular as golf in terms of um, in terms of money. You know, yeah. <clears throat> like golfers make like this legit is, uh, cash. Bryson DeChambeau, you, you know who that drive. is? Powerful drive, four hundred twenty-three yard drive. That is insanity. That's mm-hmm. so far. And he did this on purpose. So there's like a he's, uh, interview recently about him because he's been getting popularity. He like decided to like get jacked. He this. hits it 40, 50 yards farther than Tiger Woods ever did. Jesus. So he's just decided to get really big. He looks yep. like a football player. Yeah. <clears throat> Who's that one dude that does the thing at the driving ranges where he steps his leg up in the air like he's throwing a pitch, and then he steps forward? And it's crazy torque. He's got this crazy move he does where he lifts his leg up, and then he steps into it and wax it. Yeah, he's uh, there's videos of him on YouTube. We've, I, we've actually talked about him before. I don't think he's <clears> hitting it that far, though. I don't think anybody's hitting at 423. Maybe some really? weird pro driver guy, but yeah, this guy's a freak. Well, also this guy's accurate. I mean, he's if right. He's hitting it exactly in the middle. Like look where it lands. And he just won the Masters, I do believe. No, that's what's going on right now. Oh. He won the US Open. I think. Yeah, the US Open. And uh what's crazy about him? So what's crazy about the sport of golf is that that's your first shot and then after that touch as you get closer to the whole touch becomes so much more important mm. so this guy can do that and he can also make a 10 foot putt that has a hill from right to left and then bends mm. from left to right like the int- there's a comparison i guess to pool the break shot yeah you know like some guys have crazy break shots like mm-hmm. with a lot of power and then afterwards it's a touch and finesse game right and some guys might get in their head on the eight ball, which is mm-hmm. every hole, every putt. Yeah. It's the most frustrating yet rewarding part. Also, you guys, game. you're not playing on flat surface. You got like little hills you have to right. like look at. You got to get low and try to figure out where you hit it on the hill to make it drop into yeah. the hole. And in the morning, because uh, the ground's moist, especially in California, they water everything and then you're just in a desert. So if you start at, say, um, 7 or 8 a.m., it's pretty straight. Like there's not a, and also it's slower because it's wet. Right. And by 10, 11, 12, once the heat kicks up, things are moving much faster. So mm-hmm. you have to adjust throughout the day for, a, a, from slow to fast and all these things. So it changed every hole literally changes as it goes on. Yeah. That that's the same with uh, pool with moisture. <clears throat> if you're playing in a place that has a lot of moisture, like uh, some of the best players on earth come from the Philippines. And what happened uh-huh. is, 
soldiers, I believe in uh, the Second World War, brought over to the Philippines pool. They taught them pool. And uh, they play a lot of pool outside. So they have these uh, outside areas, like chickens running around and shit. And they're playing pool, like a lot of open air uh, pool tables. And it's obviously, it's an island, so it's near the ocean. It's probably a lot of humidity in the air. And the tables, uh, they also have this weird thing they do where they pour powder on the rails. So, like, they have, like, baby powder because the tables, because everything gets so slick because it's wet and sweaty and sticky uh, and moist. So they put uh, baby powder near the pockets, and they all touch the baby powder on their fingers, and then, you know, the cue runs smoothly through your hand. But then you're always touching the table, so you're putting baby powder all over the table. So the table gets really dirty. So they're playing on these, like, dirty, slow, wet tables. And so they develop these, like, real fluid strokes because they're so used to having to power the ball around these d- disgusting tables. Like, not disgusting, but just yeah. you, you would be upset if you played on a table like that in America. You'd say, why don't you guys clean the table? But over there, they don't give a fuck. Right. Also, they don't give a fuck if there's a bunch of people around the table. So they have these games. And I watch these games. Like, if you looked at my YouTube feed, you'd fucking laugh. Because, <laughs> like, the suggested videos, the vast majority of them are Filipino pool. <laughs> I watch Efren Reyes. If you look at uh, Jeff Galing production, Jeff Galing is a guy who films. It's all like simple stuff. They film it like with a tripod and a cell phone, and then uh, they they just film these pool matches. And people get obsessed with watching Efren Reyes play these young guns in the Philippines. Efren Reyes is probably the greatest pool player of all time. Like pretty widely regarded. He like the Hicks and Gracie of pool, and he's so he playing looks like these- Manny Pacquiao, right? Um, Manny Pacquiao is a killer, by the way. Yeah. Manny, Manny Pacquiao is a killer pool player. Really? He, oh my God! Wow. Like world class. Like Manny Pacquiao could play professional. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like he gambles with professionals. Damn. Yeah. My friend Max Eberly, who's you've met Max. I think Max, so. I know you have. Yeah. He's a legit pro. Like Max is like world champion caliber pro, and he's gambled with Manny Pacquiao. And he wow. said Manny Pacquiao is good. He says you have to really bear down to beat him. Like, <clears throat> they play a race to 10. He might beat Manny because Max is world class. Yeah. But he might beat Manny like 10 to 7 or 10 to 6. Wow. Whereas he beat me like 10 to 1 or 10 to 2. Right. Like, Manny's much better than me. He's really good. Manny's better than you at pool? Yeah, yeah. He's legit. There's Manny right there. Yeah, dude. He, look at that. Look at, look at him kick that ball in, son. Wow. And get position on the 6. He's, uh, he's super legit. Super legit. And he's got a, a great stroke. And he's also left-handed. I think there's a thing about left-handed people, and I say this as a right-handed person, I think generally they're better at shit. Yep, I agree. My One of my best golf buddies who helps me get a lot better because he's great. Um, look how good he is. Dude, seriously, look how fucking good he is. He bumped the eight. I don't know if he got positioned on the five there. He might have fucked that up. But he plays really good. Yeah. Like, like. Like I said, if I saw him in a tournament and I didn't know it was Manny Pacquiao, I'd be like, oh, this guy's really good. He's a pro. He's essentially a pro. But that's also because he's from the Philippines. In the, the Philippines. Look how good he gets. Look, perfect position on the seven. Watch this. Seven to the eight, eight to the ten, and he's out. Ten ball. Watch this. Pop. If you watch how he strokes the ball, like everything's super precise. I mean, wow. look at his position. That's He's a professional, like a, like a legit professional. So if Manny decides to retire from, uh, from fighting and goes uh, into professional pool, he, he might win some world championships. Like, no bullshit. I mean, he's still fighting actively, 
They're actually talking about him fighting Conor McGregor right now, which is kind of bonkers. Look at that. Gets out. Beautiful position. Why do you say it's kind of bonkers? Because you think Manny Conor would McGregor? dominate Conor? Right? Is that a question? You're you know, talking about one of the greatest uh, boxers of all time. I agree. Against a guy with one professional boxing match. I agree. And I'm a huge Manny Pacquiao fan. But? But. Is there a but coming? There is a but coming. I can't believe it. The other week, conjunction, I conjunction. rewatched McGregor Mayweather mm-hmm. since it's been like done. I just it was on my Showtime app and I wanted to watch some boxing. It right. popped up and I clicked on it. And I did not remember. I remembered Connor shocking me with how good he did, but mm-hmm. I did not remember it being as close as it truly was. Let me explain something. Yeah. <clears throat> the reason why it was close is because Mayweather let him blow his wad. Right. He just let him. Look, he clipped Mayweather with a legit, legit left uppercut early in the fight, and I was kind of stunned. I was like, wow, that's really legit. Watch this. Here we go. See, what, what Connor, look at that. If you see it, watch this left uppercut. If you see, if you, if the, I don't think they replay it. It's really quick. Oh, so let's re- rewind a little bit, so just so I can see it, because it's really, really good. I mean, I look know. at that that left yeah. uppercut. Here's yeah. the thing: Mayweather had to figure out Connor's timing, because what Connor is, Connor is not a professional boxer. Okay, so because he's not a professional boxer, he's not as um, efficient, and he's going to get tired easier. Mayweather is one of the greatest, if not the greatest boxer of all time. I, I say there's a real good argument he's the greatest of all time because yeah. he's undefeated, 15-0, and really only been hurt by Sugar Shane Mosley and Maidana, two guys, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a spectacular career, 50-0, and 0, and just gets hit less than anybody, and he's super smart about how he sets up fights. He sets up, one of the things he does is he talks a mess of shit. And gets everybody wanting to root for him to lose. He'll show you all his Rolls Royces. He'll show you all his money. He'll show you all his watches. And everybody's like, he's going to go broke. He's going to go broke. But he never does. He keeps making money. (laughs) He keeps making money. So because if you look at his style, he's, he's got a brilliant style. His style is take the minimal amount of damage, find your openings, and then establish your game, and then dominate. Yeah. And that's what he's done to everybody. That's what he did to Manny Pacquiao in their fight. And you know, Manny Pacquiao apparently had a fucked up shoulder, but that's what he did to Ricky Hatton. Dominated Ricky Hatton, who at the time was, you know, one of the best in the world, and a, a guy that a lot of people were interested in seeing how he would do against Mayweather. And then the second fight with Maidana, you get to see the brilliance of Mayweather because you knew he got clipped in the first fight. So he digested all of Maidana's movements and what he did wrong in the first fight, and he came out in the second fight and just put on a clinic. He's the best of all time. Yeah. But Connor is a freak. He's an explosive guy. He's so fast, and there's no remedy for that right? other than getting a guy tired. So what Mayweather was doing was boxing with him but preserving, like being safe, got clipped a couple times, realized that Connor can punch – Connor can punch, but just drag him into deep water. Drag him into deep water, and that's what a guy like Mayweather would do. He's the most he's the most intelligent in terms of his overall strategy to preserve his health yet to always win. I mean, he's the most intelligent. He's so good. You know, all the greats have suffered losses and setbacks, and except him, yeah, except him. We don't even know what it's like. I mean, you don't even know how he would recover. We know he's had tough fights. He's yeah. had a couple of tough fights. 
But, dude, he's so goddamn good. He's so protected. He knows where to be and where not to be. He's so composed. Like, look at that. Look at, the, look at that movement. Look how he moves away from everything. So you're, you're punching at air, and you're still threatening, but you're not really hitting him, and he's making you throw punches. And occasionally you clip him with a shot as he's moving away, and he rolls with a lot of shit. So it's real. you got to be a guy like, like Sugar Shane Mosley clipped him, really clipped him, like really hurt him. And he just grabbed a hold of him and held on to him and eventually started kicking Sugar Shane's ass. Mm -hmm. Just took time. He's, uh, if you're a young boxer and you want to know what it's like to be a 41-year-old and still be at the top of your game, you got to be like him. Or like Bernard Hopkins. When Bernard yeah. Hopkins was at the top of his game, he was older. He was like in his 40s. Like yep. he was, I think he was 36 when he beat Felix Trinidad. And a lot of people were like, Bernard's done. It's over. Felix Trinidad, Tito Trinidad is the future. And he lit Tr Felix Trinidad on fire. Yeah. And then the same thing with Kelly Pavlik. He lit Kelly say, Pavlik on fire. I was not expecting that. We were expecting that to be Kelly Pavlik's big like return. Mm -hmm. And he got smashed. Bernard Hopkins is a national treasure. Yeah. He's... Because what he like, look at that. Connor pops him with that jab, and that was uncomfortable. But it's like he's look, look how calm he is. Stop, back that up, back that up a second. Look how goddamn calm he is. Watch his jab come to Floyd's face. He doesn't even blink, it touches him in the nose, but he knows it's not gonna hurt him. Look at this, watch like this, look at this, look at this. He doesn't even move. Wow, he doesn't even move. He's a master of distance. He really is he's a master of distance. Bernard was a master of distance, too, and Bernard was a different kind of style, different kind of defensive style. Bernard like would frustrate guys a lot. He would clinch with them, tie you up, make it very physical. And guys get real frustrated, and they didn't know what to do, and they just wanted to fucking start winging punches. And then he'd get right in your face again and clinch a hold of you, but then break with you and catch you with a left hook, break, catch you with the right hand. Always defensive, always protected, always disciplined, you know? Frustrating your opponent in boxing is one of the interesting things right like holyfield oh, yeah. tyson it's crazy everybody remembers the ear bite but not a lot of people talk about the massive amount of clinching and headbutts that holyfield was landing on him in that fight oh yeah it's very clear when you watch it again well the headbutts are interesting it's like the question is did he do it on purpose and that's what tyson was saying that he's doing this on purpose he's trying to cut me and he's cutting my face and cut tyson in the, and that's when tyson bit his ear and tyson's idea at the time at least was that he was doing it on purpose. You know, but it's also like his style. Styles to get it, put his face, put his head on your your chest. You know, put his forehead on your chest and just make it a test of wills. Like, very few human beings have the kind of will that Evander Holyfield has. You, you ever watch the Riddick Bow fights? Yeah. Those are crazy to watch because Riddick Bow was way bigger than Holyfield. You got to remember, Holyfield is a cruiserweight champion. So Hol Holyfield... I want to say he fought light heavyweight in the Olympics. I might be wrong about that. I want to say he fought at like 176 in the Olympics. Find out what he fought at. I used to have a subscription when I was a kid to The Ring magazine. So oh, yeah. I was the Bible of Boxing, son. Yeah. They have a lineal heavyweight belt. They give out their own belt. Like the ring belt is as prestigious as any other belt, WBC, WBO. It is WBA. the red, white, and blue side straps. Yeah, it's got like crazy ruffles yeah, to it yeah. and like old school. Looks yeah. like something Jack Johnson would have wore. So cool. Oh, it's the coolest. It's he, weird how like cool trophies and stuff sometimes get weird. Mm -hmm. Like I was thinking about that the other day about the green jacket. 
for the masters. For the masters. They give you a weird, uh, basically <laughs> the ugliest <laughs> jacket. Yeah, it's, it's like it's you're such such a badass. You yeah. can wear a disgusting jacket. <laughs> yeah, look, look and you bitch. see those guys when they're all together. And it's like, hey, like they're like so happy right. to be wearing these ugly jackets together. Fucking diamonds and Rolexes, <laughs> yeah. wearing a gross jacket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says his first professional fight was at light heavy, but <clears throat> right before that, he was listed around age twenty one at one seventy eight, which is around the time he was in the Olympics. So, um, so so he probably fought at light heavyweight. So his fir- if his first professional fight was a light heavyweight, and then he went on to be the cruiserweight champion, he beat uh, Dwight Muhammad Kawi, who used to be Dwight Braxton. Dwight Braxton was this fi- guy was five seven, two hundred pounds. He was a, a tank. Just a t- and he would come at you like real low. He would get in a crouch, and guys would be like, "What the fuck?" He'd be like, "Way down here," right. and he was just fucking jacked. And he was another guy out of prison, so just tough as shit. Like uh, Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins learned a lot of his discipline by being locked up. He's like, "I never want this to happen to me again." Yeah. There's a famous story about Bernard leaving prison and one of the the guards saying, "You'll be back," and he was like. <laughs> not me bitch i'm bernard hopkins motherfucker i'm gonna be a world champion and i'm gonna get this oh, get this chapter out of my life yeah. and went on to be one of the most disciplined boxers ever that's why he was able to compete deep into his 40s I mean, he lost to joe smith i think he was 51 when he lost his final fight and joe smith jr is just just fucking savage like one of those barbarian construction workers who uh, still has a full-time job but still fights at a world-class level. Scary. Savage. Yeah. Savage human being. Did you see the uh, fighter who had his jaw split <gasps> and, ha- and fought for like four more rounds with it? What? The, bot- <clears throat> the bottom mandible. Th- that happens. It breaks in half right here and it goes up and down. Oh. Yeah, check, check fuck this out. that. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Look, at, look how it's dropped down. They said it happened in the second round and they and kept, he kept fighting. fighting. He wanted to fight, but they had to like tell him hey your jaw's broken that's not good <laughs> well the problem oh my god that's so that's so broken yeah. the problem is it'll tear all the tissue in there and it'll never heal right Young oh my god benjamin hussein from australia who hit him uh ben mahoney Jeez. they said it dislodged they thought it just dislodged his mouthpiece and then a bunch of blood started coming out there was but, a, yeah. a woman who had that in an mma fight uh, Kim Couture. She was Randy Couture's wife at the time. And uh, her jaw did the same thing. Dropped down. You can see it moving. In oh, Instagram my God. Video. That it's is gnarly. crazy. No. That's crazy. Look at the... Oh, my no. God. Ugh. Oh, my God. Good Lord. Can you imagine the headache the next day? <clears throat> I saw a video of a lion that got kicked oh. by a gazelle and had a broken jaw. That's that's some hard shit to look at because you're like, ooh, this is not gonna last. There's no recovering from that, right? No, if you're no a lion because you can't hospitals. eat. Right? No lion <laughs> hospitals. <laughs> Lions have one shot at getting injured. They get injured once in their life and then it's over. Mm. So how long do you think they last after an injury like that? Dead, dead within a couple of weeks. They usually start at death. You think uh, the how lion, do you not starve to death if you can't eat? You think the lion keeps thinking? You think they have like memories and they're like that fucking gazelle, that fucking gazelle? No, nope. I think they hold no grudges. Right. I think grudges are connected to cognitive function, like our ego, our our understanding of ourself. That's like oh, I'm gonna get him back because it's like your ego. I don't think animals have an ego. They have they have a sense of fair though. Animals have a sense of, some animals do at least, chimps do. Hmm. One of the reasons why chimps attack people 
Because if people give something to someone else and they don't give it to them, oh. they have a real sense of fairness. Wow. Yeah, there's a famous story of this guy who had a pet chimp. And then the thing about chimps is you can keep them when they're young and then they get older and it's like a man, but a man that's five times stronger than you. And like, why is he going to listen to you? He's not going to listen to you. So uh, I think he started biting off fingers. It's one of the things that chimps do. When Ooh. chimps get mad at you, they bite off your finger. Yeah, just to let you know, they're the boss. Like, they don't give a fuck if you're injured. They have no remorse, right? And they're intelligent. So you have this thing that's not a dog. It's not a person. It's this weird in-between thing. It's an animal, but it's also intelligent. And so when you do something for someone else, but you don't do something for them, they get rage, like horrific rage. Mm. So this guy gets rid of this chimp, brings it to a shelter. The shelter takes it in. And he goes to visit it every year. And the chimp goes to see him like, oh, my friend, I miss you. I miss you. Why can't I come home? But he can't come home ever because he would just take over the house, right? Because he's a grown chimp. He, like, they don't castrate chimps the way they castrate dogs. Like, you, when you castrate a dog, like, everybody, it's standard. People think it's good. Oh, did you get your dog neutered? Yeah, I did. And, you're like, you want your dog to have no testosterone. You want your dog to have no balls. But then it becomes a different thing. Right. Then it's, like, it's tired and... Like, is it like, have you ever seen a dog get snipped? I had one of my dogs get snipped at, when it was five years old. He was just too aggressive. And so someone talked me into it. And then when I got him snipped, all of a sudden he was just tired all the time. He was lazy. And I realized, like, oh, he didn't have any testosterone anymore. It's all gone. I'm like, wow. Like, so the dog's a different dog now. So you can't do that to chimps. For whatever reason, you can't do that to chimps. You can't neuter a chimp. Mm -mm. So this guy goes to visit the chimp, and he brings a birthday cake. Happy birthday, buddy. And the other chimps that are in cages right next to it are like, this motherfucker didn't bring me a cake? I can't believe this shit. So they figure out a way to get out. And they got out and they attacked the man. And they tore him apart. They tore his face off. They tore his dick off. They tore his feet off. They, they bit his fingers off. It's one of the most horrific, cruel attacks you'll ever hear of. Because they did it to try to take away from him the things he wants and needs. Like, chimps recognize you need your fingers in order to do things. You need your face in order to see. You need your dick in order to fuck. So that's the things they go after. Fucking assholes. They don't, they don't just try to kill you. They try to take away what it means to be a human. So if you try to hide your hands, they'll pull your hands away from them and open them up and bite them off like crazy with a rage-filled look in their eye. And they don't communicate with language. So they only have this sense in their head of what's fair and what's not fair and what you've done to them. So if you do something that makes them jealous, they think immediately you've done something bad to them. They don't think that, no, no, I just gave my friend a cake. Uh-uh. You made them feel bad. So it's you. You made them feel bad. So they'll go right after you. It's, it's, it's like a sort of a, it's an interesting study in the way sometimes people look at things like we've all been jealous right you've been jealous of someone you see someone who's doing something well and you go oh i wish i was that guy but you don't go attack that person right people recognize like it's not his fault that i feel bad that he has this corvette i have to just fuck i just gotta appreciate the guy's hustle guys out there kicking ass all right i gotta get my shit together but there's a thing that we have initially especially when they're children we, we feel angry, like you feel upset, like you feel uh, like you've been shorted, like someone's, oh, why didn't I get that? This right. is bullshit. He gets it and I don't. It's a, a fascinating part of humans. And then humans, as we get older and more sophisticated with language, but still carry the same childish emotions, we find reasons 
to be upset at someone for being successful. We find reasons. Eat the rich. You know, we find re these find these weird little ways that we can justify our jealousy or, or our anger or our, our disdain for those who are more successful than we. So it's like a, we, we're coming up with complicated, sophisticated ways to justify these primal behaviors that chimps exhibit in just violent rage. So this guy, it's a famous case. Like this, you can see the pictures if you want to see the pictures. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh... of the cake guy. Of the guy who got his face yeah. ripped apart yeah, and yeah. fingers bitten off. Right. And yeah, I mean he was no, in the hospital. That sounds great. Did do you think that <sighs> folks this at guy... home, folks at home, uh, prepare? Don't show it on the screen because yeah. it's rough. But Tony needs to see this. So, Before you go give a tramp a cake. Yeah, I'm not doing that. This is wow. No nose. See how he bit his nose off? God. Yeah. Look at his face. Oh shit. Yeah. They bit was his... conscious. They said after this happened. Oh yeah, of course. Look at his, see his right hand. The fingers bitten off. Wow. That's what they do. They bite off your fingers. That's the chimp right there. Chip, click on the chimp in the right hand corner. That's his chimp. Where's? Come on. What's wow. that picture? Uh, what is that picture? I'm surprised he let him keep his ears. Oh, that's the guy's face, Jamie. That's what that is. Whoa. He's got a trach because he can't breathe out of his mouth. Yeah. Whoa. Well, I mean, I don't think that, you know, the chimps exactly know the human anatomy all that well, but they know what's important to you, your face, your fingers. Fucking hell. Tore man. this guy that's apart. Uh, so if he would have brought pieces of cake and given them to all the chimps in all the cages, it they would all be happy. Right. Yeah. But they're also angry that he's that they're, they're captive. So when they get captive, look, being captive for a chimp is probably a similar feeling as to what it would be to be captive as a person, right? If you see a chimp at the zoo and you're um, you're in this big, they're in this big containment, and they have all these monkey bars and stuff they could hang on, but there's a bunch of people staring at them, like all day long. People are staring at you through glass, and there's a ceiling, right? There's a net over the top, so you can't go over the top, and it's fences, and you're just like, fuck. Every day is boring. Nothing happens. Nothing happens every day. There's no lions. There's no, no fruit to go pick. There's no places to go journey to, to explore. Like chimps travel around, man. They don't just sit in one particular 100-yard area for the rest of their life. And it's not even 100 yards, right? If you go to the L.A. Zoo, you ever see how small that enclosure is? Yeah. I went to the L.A. Zoo once really high, really high, like on an edible. Yeah. And uh, I wrote a, a piece on my website. Uh, called uh, the animal prison and I was like because it made me feel I could because uh, you know when you're really fucking super baked you're sensitive to everything yeah but just I, I recognize how instead of thinking about myself and thinking about you know oh I'm gonna go to the zoo and see the monkeys I went there and I immediately felt sadness I was like oh no these poor creatures yeah. like they don't want to be here like what are we doing like, we can't do this. I, I was thinking, like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> it's true. No, you're right, and it's very bizarre. Same thing with SeaWorld. Same thing with all those places. Oh, SeaWorld's worse. Yeah. Because they're as smart as us, if not smarter. Yeah. We don't know, We don't even really know how smart orcas are, right? Because Or, or dolphins. Because we, we put them in these weird categories, like... How much emails do they send? Um, do they make houses? No, they must be stupid. But they have a cerebral cortex that's 40% larger than ours. We don't know how smart they are. They, they also, they communicate. They have a weird, sophisticated language that we can't decipher. We can't decipher it. We don't know what their language is. They've been able to recognize specific accents. So they know there's like, you know, like there's a Southern accent and a Cleveland accent. There's a Chicago accent. Orcas have accents. 
Like we can tell this by the sound, oh, this is an orca from Alaska or this is an orca from Seattle. Yeah. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts, man. Meanwhile, we put them in a swimming pool. A fucking swimming pool. It's so sad how their fin droops once oh. they get depressed. It's not that they get depressed. They don't use it. It atrophies. It's like an arm that you don't pick anything up with. It just gets limp. You ever break your arm? Um, no. When you break your arm, they put it in a cast. One of the weird things is you get your arm out of the cast and it's so little. It's like your arm atrophies. Well, mine's always like that. <laughs> <laughs> I always look like I had a broken arm for three years. I did break my leg once. That was fucked up right oh, before no. wrestling season. Got run over by a car. <gasps> yeah. What happened? My girlfriend at the time uh, dropped me off um, after school. <laughs> And uh, I was getting my backpack out of her trunk, but she forgot that I was behind her car getting a backpack out of her trunk. So she started backing up. Your girlfriend backed over you on purpose, and now you're justifying it. And I almost made it out of the way. It was the last second I I was spinning out of the way. Yeah. And turned the wheel. Yep. Cracked my leg into two pieces. Month before my senior year of wrestling started. Big senior oh God. year. What's up, Jamie? I'm sorry to turn this back to this chimpanzee story, but oh, no. it got it's a little bit crazier than you probably like. You probably uh, stopped looking into this. Oh, it got crazy. So the guy he won a lawsuit against West Covina to keep the chimp in the '60s because the judge said the chimp quote doesn't have the traits of a wild animal and was somewhat better behaved than some people. <laughs> it, but it like I, so there was some. I was reading more about the story. I, it ate his test. <clears throat> excuse me. According to the reports, it ate his testicles also. And there was some report that it ate part of his brain. Like they cracked open his skull and got a piece of his brain. This chimp was later put into uh, another holding place, escaped again in like 2005 or eight or something. Because this happened, the original story happened, I don't know, what 2002 maybe. The people who originally owned the chimp like rented a helicopter to go find it. Oh my there was God. more lawsuits. But, that, but you say that the, he ate his brain. It wasn't that chimp that ate his brain. Wasn't his I chimp? I don't believe so, but this chimp got involved with like it says that it's his chimp that got I think involved. That it like there was a police officer that got into like when when it got out one time, it like got into an altercation with the cops. Cops, there's like eighty percent of cops they suck at fighting drunks. Yeah, imagine fighting a chimp. Like, how many videos have you seen of cops trying to pull a guy over and the guy winds up kicking their ass? Yeah, yeah it says he happens a, a lot. Man has required two hundred fifty thousand dollars in medical treatment for the policeman. Oh, Gloria Jesus. Allred was defending the chimp in court. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like, <laughs> I swear to God, like, it gets, like, insane. <laughs> oh, my God, that's hilarious. It said the two chimps that bit him the first time didn't have good enough lawyers. This is, this is like, on a lawyer website Get I'm reading about it. Out. That yeah. is so crazy. The chimps have lawyers. How can a chimp have a lawyer? Dogs, like, dogs don't get lawyers, right? So if a dog bites you, they just put the dog down. But yeah. if a chimp bites you, they're like, hold on. This chimp sounds so good, he almost represented himself in court. <laughs> this guy escaping from prison, eating brains. Tired of bullshit. I don't think it's the same chimp that ate the brains. I think it's the chimp that attacked the guy and tore his dick off that ate his brains. Um, they do take take your testicles off. They seem to know that that's where your, your, your cum is stored. No good. That's not good. <laughs> that's not cool. That is not cool. It's so crazy. Well, you know one, the one about the lady in Connecticut, right? Mm-mm. No? No. Oh, this one's even freakier. This lady had a giant chimp, like a 200-pounder, and it lived with her and slept in her bed. Oh, wow. And uh, she gave it Xanax and red wine. And uh, one day, this lady, her friend came over cock-blocking, oh, 
And this chimp didn't like it, so he tore her apart. He tore a lady apart. Same same way that tore that man apart, tore this lady apart, tore her face apart. Horrible story. Terrifying story. This lady thought this chimp was like a pet, and then she realized like this chimp has no idea what the rules are. And you can't tell it what to do because it was tired of this lady coming around. And it wasn't the lady that was giving no. him red wine and Mm-mm. No, it was another lady was telling her to not give him red wine and not give him Xanax. And he was like, this bitch is cock blocker. You think the chimp looked for testicles and was like, what the fuck? No, he probably knew it was a female. But um, I don't even know. I'm joking around about the cock blocking part. But uh, he, whatever reason, didn't like that lady and just decided to tear her apart. You just can't keep them as pets. They're, uh, they're too, it's so strange. They're animals for sure. Have you ever? But they're also about, so close to humans. Have you thought about getting any wild animals? While since, in Texas, since na- now that you're in Texas. Funny and, you say that. Yeah. I have a couple giraffes on order. No. <laughs> 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 I would have giraffes as I've, t- I've had a bit in my act about wa- uh, giraffes. You know, about the only animals at the zoo that don't seem bummed out at all are giraffes, because they're just like another day with no lions. And yeah. just stroll around. They're so happy. They're so calm at the zoo that they let babies feed them. Like when my daughter was two, we brought her to the zoo. She holds out a piece of lettuce, and the giraffe come over. It's a giraffe. They didn't train it. And his tongue reaches out and grabs a hold of the, lezer- the, the lettuce. It's really kind of cool the way they do it. Yeah. But that's the only animal that I would keep as a pet because they don't seem to care. They seem to like it. Like they're stress-free. They just chill. I held a koala when in Australia this last time. So I went with the whole Kill Tony crew. So like, I'm like, okay, I'll do the touristy stuff that I've never done there in the seven or eight or whatever times I've been there. And we went and held koalas and they feed them eucalyptus the whole time. That's all they eat. And the reason why they keep feeding them eucalyptus is because the second you stop giving them eucalyptus, like truly within three seconds of them not having the next leaf, they turn more into a bear. Like, it's like they start acting. Instead of being this mellow little bundle of joy, you feel their claws tighten up and they get, you just, you feel it. It's a fucking bear. They're all, angry. they're like cute and, and slow and dumb. And then as soon as they, it's a straight up drug. Like it's an IV drip of just heroin to them. And if they come off, they're just. Is there another animal like that that only eats one plant? I don't know. That's a good question, right? I mean, cows eat grass. Sheep eat grass, but they just eat eucalyptus. Yeah. Like one weird plant. They smell like it. Strong. Oh, Oh, yeah. I wonder what they taste like. That's a good question. Let's do it. They get real cunty with you. Would you cook one? Yeah. You felt like a little aggression from them, right? Oh, absolutely. I put it down. Fucking leaves. Yeah. Where's my fucking leaves? (laughs) Like a fake baby. Yeah. It was a real time. You you remember that story about a girl? that this, this couple adopted and they thought they were adopting like a 10 year old and it turned out to be a tiny person and a tiny person who's completely insane and was pretending to be a little kid. Oh, Do you know that story? Scary. No. You know story? It's a terrifying story because this couple had this like little tiny person in, the, in their house that was like Chucky. They wanted to kill them. And like, and then they realized like, oh, this lady's 30 right here. Ukrainian orphan, the center of an adoption scandal might be an adult. Here are eight adults who are caught posing as children. That's happened that many times. Fuck. Yeah. So look at that. Imagine that's a 30-year-old playing with your baby. And you're like, oh, we're going to help her. She's going to have a better life. Meanwhile, she's doing heroin when you're not around. Whoa. Yeah. That might be the These are the different stories. These are the different stories. about her. Okay. Click click on that one. Parent. 
Oh, come on, you fucking pop-up. Oh, you son of a bitch. Looks like you're using an ad blocker. We're here to cock block your ad blocker. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Why don't you just shut off the ad blocker? I don't I mind did, ads. I did, I did. All right. Parents who are acute parents who are accused of abandoning an eight year old Ukrainian girl say they adopted oh they adopted say she was actually a twenty two year old mentally disturbed adult. Look at the parents. They're like, huh, it's a movie. It's a Coen Brothers movie, right? Yeah. Like th- those two winding up in jail. Well, it all started when we tried to do a good thing and adopt a baby. Yep. You know, Daryl's balls didn't work, so we decided. Fuck. Crazy. That's right? frightening. Hold on a second. Scroll back up again. We just yeah. Christine Barnett says Natalia terrorized her family. In an interview, interview with the Daily Mail, a trusted source, Christine Barnett said that the adoption was a scam and that the girl was not who they thought she was. Christine Barnett said that she and her now ex-husband, oh, they got divorced over this, agreed to an emergency adoption in Florida in 2010. She said she didn't know many details about Natalie's background, but were to- told her previous adopted parents gave her up for undisclosed reasons, like maybe because she's 20. Christine Barnett said that Natalia terrorized her family, tried to stab them when they were sleeping, and once tried to push her towards an electric fence and poured bleach in her coffee. Ah, there you go. Get rid of the coronavirus. The media is painting me to be a child abuser, but there's no child here, she said. Natalia was a woman. She had periods. Whoa. She had adult teeth. She never grew a single inch. (laughs) (laughs) Which would would happen even with a child with dwarfism. The doctors all confirmed she was suffering from a severe psychological illness only diagnosed in adults. That's scary. Natalia has a type of dwarfism called, whoa, how about this word? Help me out. Spondyloepiphyseal. How do you say that? Spondylopiphyseal. <laughs> okay. Dysplasia, which me- makes her age difficult to actually record without a birth certificate. Wow. Though she was said to be six when the Barnetts adopted her in 2010, NBC News said it saw hospital records showing her age as about eight in June of 2010. Oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. Okay. Citing court documents, WISH-TV in Indianapolis CW affiliate reported that the girl's age was changed from eight to 22 in 2012. It said a skeletal survey at the Peyton Manning Holla Peyton Manning has his own children's hospital. Peyton Manning Children's Hospital deemed her to be 11 at the time. Wow, she was 22 with a 22-year-old skeleton when she was 11. Wow. Well, she made a career perpetuating her age facade. Scroll back up. It's weird that they did the test at a children's hospital. Wow. Natalia was an adult. The document hasn't been verified, but says that she made a career of perpetuating. That's a weird word. How often do you say that? Perpetuating. Perpetuating. Her age, I don't say that very often. I read it a lot. Uh, Continue to fool those who had the best intentions. That's crazy. Where is she now? I mean, being a kid is pretty awesome. You don't have to work. You get free food. You're chilling. You get to stab people while bed. they're sleeping. Yeah. They think you're a little kid. You're just freaky, take a man. Oh, Imagine you adopt an eight-year-old and you keep like, all right, let's check your height. And you do a little pencil mark on the door. You couldn't even make that movie. Because people say that you were being an ableist. You could make that movie about 10 years ago. But if you try to make that movie today, people call you a piece of shit. Like the studios wouldn't fund it. They'd be scared of the backlash. It's so sad what's going on with of little people. I, Dude, s- I saw some stat the other day about how they're doing remakes and like yeah. there's no original anything anymore. They're taking stuff anymore. out of movies. 
I saw um, Poltergeist the other day. Hey, I almost went to the drive-in last week and saw that. That was playing at a local uh, drive-in. I haven't seen it in forever. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I didn't remember so much of it. I, it's probably been 20 plus years since I saw it. But one thing I recognized when I saw it was like, the times were so different when that movie came out. I want to say that movie's, it's like, it's eight, wait, it was like 84 or some shit. Like, what, when do you think that came out? <clears throat> I'd guess 82. I, I, you forgot the rest of the story. She got adopted again and went on, did more interviews and said that like she was 16, not 33. The girl on the thing. Uh huh. See a picture of her on the thing? Oh, that's come her. On. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She looks like she's 40. That's her? Yeah. That's the little girl? She yeah. totally looks like an adult. Natalia Grace Barnett. I'm 16, not a 33 year old scam artist. Oh, that she's old. Look at her face. That's not true. Look at her face. Go back up to that face. That is not a 16-year-old's face. Mm-mm. That's a woman's face. Yeah. That's crazy. But look how small her hands are in, in relationship to the rest of her face, too. If I adopted an 8-year-old and that's what showed up at my door, I'd immediate, immediate return. But I think when she was 20, she pulled it off. Like if you saw that other picture of her, the other picture of her, oh. she looked young. Yeah. She looked like a little kid, but she doesn't look like a little You know, from 20 to 33, she does not look the same. That's crazy. Um, I thought we had like even watched it or something. And, like we heard her talk or did we? I don't. I, I remember t- it was all like flashing back. Dude, I have. There's. A lot. there's I, I was uh, on my YouTube feed watching <laughs> Filipino pool the other day, and an old interview came up with us with someone I didn't even remember was a guest. Like if you had said, "Is this guy been a guest?" I'm like, no, never heard of him. Meanwhile, I sat down with the guy for three hours doing a podcast. <laughs> like my memories turned to dog shit. It's like there's too many, too many people in there. There's too many. It's like overwhelmed. I have no room. I have no uh, hard drive space. Yeah, you got to get rid of the old and new. It's like when you find an old joke. That ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. It's the best feeling. It's crazy. It's like I wrote this in 1998. Yeah. Look at that. Like There's I was, something in there. Like I was telling you, uh, Ron White's doing a guest spot on the show I'm doing tonight here in Austin. And uh, he's going back looking over his stuff. And uh, today he was. I was hanging with him. And uh, at one point he goes... You know what? This shit's pretty goddamn funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ron. Yeah. What were we talking about? Poltergeist. I talked Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Oh, here's what. The movie I think is what what year is it? 83? 82. 82. Okay. So the movie is in the early 80s and uh apparently it was okay to be a piece of shit back then. It was like super normal cuz like there's a scene where the 16-year-old daughter goes outside and there's just people doing construction in their backyard and I mean, like, the window's right there. The parents are right there. And these construction workers are like, yay, look at you. And the guy's got, like, a like a tube, and he's looking at her through a, to- like a, toil- like a paper towel tube. And he's looking at her like, yeah, I love you. I love it. She's like, fuck you. And the wife, the mom is laughing that her daughter almost got raped. It, it is the craziest scene. Like, look at this. Look at him. He's looking at her like, yeah, look at you. I love you. Yeah, and look at this. What? Huh? She's like, fuck you. She gave him the this fuck you. This is like the, it's a soft finger. Yeah. It's a lot more motion. Like uh-huh. you have to use your arms. But the, the wife, mom, yeah. the watch the mom react to it. Like she's like, yeah. And they're laughing. And the, watch when they go to the mom though. The mom's in, oh, they did give her the finger. The mom's like, oh, boys will be boys out there <laughs> raping. Like if that was today, if you put that in a movie and tried to pass it off like it was normal behavior, people would fucking freak out at you. 
And it, at minimum, you'd have to kill off those guys. What's even more interesting is that's not just that's not establishing them as bad guys that get killed later on, right? right. Those guys yeah. survive. Oh yeah, right. You never Which hear is from even them again. crazier. At least if you did it, you'd have to fit it in the storyline. Like, oh, these guys are going to be the first to get killed because they're bad people. Instead, they go. The whole family has to deal with hell after that, and those guys are going on about their day. They got paid for the construction they did. Well, later on in the movie, the guy steals coffee. That guy, steal, the construction yeah. guy, yeah, yeah, steals food. He reaches in, he grabs the like she's cooking spaghetti, so he dips the spoon in the sauce, tastes the sauce, reaches in through the window, and she's like, "How is it, Earl?" I was like, well, "It's very good." Thank <laughs> like, like no people were pieces of shit back then. Fuck. It was standard. It was like cute to watch. Like instead of getting outraged as an audience member, which would you most certainly would today. That's one of those freaky movies. You 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 learned about the history of that, right? Like with the daughter, the little girl, rather the little girl. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a lot of things that happen on that. It's like a super cursed movie. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what's up. So, man, I wish I could remember all of them, but I remember her things very controversial. Like she was should have been taken to a hospital much sooner than she was like it was like it's a it was a sloppy sloppy ending so i can't parents, remember all the things and i get it confused with the twilight zone movie quite a bit too four cast members there it is fucking pop up shut up your fucking that was for an email four cast members died during and soon after the filming of the series mm-hmm. the series so there was more than how many of them were there um there was i think at least three Carol Ann Freeling. Oh, sorry, I, was just skipping ahead I like number time. two. Number two, I think, was at the hotel, right? That crazy hotel. Well, Carol Ann's the little girl. Yeah. So go go back up to, to the top. Carol Ann Freeling was the young point of the series, played by Heather O'Rourke. Only six years old when the first Poltergeist film was released, O'Rourke captivated audience. She was misdiagnosed with Crohn's disease in 1987 the following year. O'Rourke fell ill again, and their symptoms were casually attributed to the flu. A day later, she collapsed and suffered a cardiac arrest. After being airlifted to a children's hospital in San Diego, O'Rourke died during the operation to correct a bowel obstruction. It was later believed that she had been suffering from a congenital intestinal abnormality. Oh, so she had... um. Yeah, basically, she was bleeding. But that was uh, something she was born with. On the inside. Um, so here's another one. Dominic Dune, who played the original older sister. Oh, that was the girl with the who gave up the finger. Yep. Equally tragic and unforeseen fate. 82, uh, Dune separated from her partner, John Sweeney. November of that year, he showed up at Dune's house pleading for her to take him back. When she refused, Sweeney grabbed Dune's neck, choked her until she was unconscious, and left her to die. Fuck. He was sentenced to six and a half years in prison, but was released after three years and seven months. Jeez. Oh my God! If that was my daughter, my God! I Can know. you imagine your daughter? Like three years is not that long. Okay, here we are in 2023. Years ago, 2016 and a half, or not even because we're halfway in, right? More than halfway in. We're towards the end. Summer, summer of 2017. What? And all of a sudden, this guy's out who choked your daughter to death. I know chimps have been in prison more than that guy. It should be. They should put him in with a chimp. That's what they should do. Ah. Yeah, you choke a woman to death, they put you in with a chimp, and they make you feed the other chimp the birthday cake. It's also interesting how they wrote that. Choked her until she was unconscious, and then left, left her, her to, to die. No, you mean killed her? Right. Yeah, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Choked her to death. Yeah, choked her to death. Whoever wrote that. Yeah, probably so, in is, that the guy that wrote, is that the guy that wrote it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, left her to die accidentally. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just really into choking. Have you ever been with a girl that, that wants to get choked? Yeah. 
weird, right? Yeah, I'm not into it. Not into it. Yeah. I don't want to let that fucking genie out of the bottle. Mm-mm. Last thing you want to do is be really into choking. Right. You know? No. It's like being really into feet. Yeah, weird. But way worse because it could lead to death. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like, if you're really into feet and then you date a normal girl and you're like, oh, you know, I'd like to, uh, you know, with your feet. She's like, what? Like, for a lot of gals, that would be, like, a deal breaker. Looking for a husband, looking for a man to take care of your children, looking for a person to be responsible. You don't want a guy who wants to beat off on your feet, Mm-mm. right? No. So for a guy who's really into feet, and then he breaks up with his woman and tries to get a new one, it's like, well, mm, feet thing's kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but at least that's not dangerous. It's just creepy. Yeah. But for someone who's into choking people, like he's got to be real careful to test those waters. You know, like if you were with a girl and that's like you, you had a crazy relationship for 10 years, all you did is fucking choke each other. And you're like, damn, that's what I miss. I miss choking and fucking. Holding's fun. Grabbing's fun. Grabbing by the throat's fun. Applying <laughs> pressure isn't fun. It's not fun. Grabbing's you ever, fun. You ever been with a girl that and you're hooking up and she says, hit me? No. Really? Yeah. You? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And I go. It stopped everything. You know, whoa, like what, do you <laughs> what do you mean? What, yeah, what, <laughs> what do you mean? And then she goes, slap me. And I'm like, okay, that's different. Woo. That's different than hit. Yeah. Because hit and slap are two very different things. Yeah, but they're still hitting. Right. Slapping's if you, if, weird. If you slap a woman and she calls the cops, the cops say you hit her as assault. It's stop and slap. I think that's something. They do that in a fight. <laughs> um, spitting in someone's face is assault. There's a there's this crazy video of this woman screaming in this cop's face in New York. She's like, you fucking fascist. And he's just standing there taking and she spits in his face. He's like, oh, okay, time to arrest you. And he grabs her and she's screaming, what are you doing? Why are you touching me? Spitting is assault. If you're going to spit in someone's face, you might as well kick them in the balls. Absolutely. That is the we are fighting. Yeah, that's a fight. Yeah. You spit in someone's face. It's It's straight punches. You might as well have just gotten a sucker punch in. Yeah. Should have just thrown the punch. That's the that's the It's assault. Is there anything worse than that? Is there anything worse than spitting in another human's face? Well, the only difference is you spit someone you know you're not going to kill them. But if you hit someone, you really could kill them. If you hit someone, you knock them out and they fall and hit their head on the concrete, they could die. That really can happen. That's, so there's a di- I don't think it's the same assault. It's just not, it's fucking gross. It's mean. It's definitely like you you're basically as close to starting a fight as you can without hitting a person. But it, if you're going to have a scale of like murder down to spitting in the face. Like there's there's a difference in what you're doing. You know, you're certainly provoking someone to extreme violence. If you spit in someone's face, you don't leave them a lot of options. Right. Especially if they have a, a temper. Like most people you spit in their face, they're going to throw. Yeah. But if you hit someone and they fall and they die, it's not the same thing as spitting in someone's face. Believe me, you're going to go to jail for a long time. Unless you get the judge that gave the guy three years for choking a girl to death. Yeah. In 1982. But it's like, I'm telling you, the world was a different place back then. Like, women are right. How, how about that? Like, I know a lot of these feminists went crazy, and some of them went way over the edge to the point where they actually don't like men. But they're right. You watch, watch movies like that, yeah. and you see a woman who got choked to death, and the guy only got three years, and she was a movie star? Right. She was in Poltergeist, and she got t- choked to death, and the guy still only got three and a half years. Crazy. Dude, being a woman for most of history must have been fucking terrifying for most of history. Still terrifying, 
But for most of history, like you, you hook up with a guy, you got to really worry about this guy killing you. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to happen one out of a hundred times, but one out of a hundred is like, yeah, like who's that chick that died while hanging out with Christopher Walken and whoever? Huh? Yeah, the girl that was uh, murdered. Um, How come Jack you haven't had Wagner? any of your drink? Is that, a, is that a name? How come you haven't had any of your drink? This is like pure diesel fuel. Texas whiskey. Is that what this is? Cheers. I don't know. I need California pussy <clears throat> whiskey. Well, there's a bunch of those stories, like uh, Natalie Wood. Is that it? That's the one, right? She drowned on a boat. Christopher Walken was there. Robert Wagner, I think, was um, the one who people were uh, pointing the finger at. But Christopher Walken, I think, was like hanging out. They're like all on the boat or something. I was there. <laughs> not paying attention. It seems weird that Here he Here I am, on a boat. Seems like he would be a... Yeah, Natalie Wood's death, Christopher Walken breaks his silence. Oh, they were arguing. It's true. I watched um, him the other day. In a, just I just watched a preview of... Um, that movie where he can see the future, where he holds people's hands. Was it called Dead Zone? Was that what it is? I don't know. Stephen King book? I think it's The Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was wild. He was so young, baby-faced. And there was a guy in it who was uh, played by Michael Sheen, who was uh, going to be the president, a crazy egomaniac president, and he wanted to uh, detonate nukes. He wanted to start a nuclear war. Hmm. Christopher Walken could see the future. There he is. He died and came back to life. And when he came back to life, he could see the future when he touched your hand. Like he holds your hand Damn. and he could see what's going to happen to you. What a badass. Look at young Christopher Walken. Look at that fucking guy. Oh, he's great. Wow. He's a, He's been great forever. Him and Harvey Keitel, they don't get enough, yep. enough love. <clears throat> Christopher Walken's been in so many great movies, man. What's that vampire movie? Scroll down. What is that? What is that? What the fuck is that movie? Seven. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, wow. No shit. I don't remember that at all. There's too many movies. Tim Burton uh, just watched uh, Beetlejuice for the first time in a while. Oh, it's a God, classic. It's so good. My family and I, we watch Nightmare Before Halloween or Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Watch that every year. That's great. It's fucking fantastic. And it's incredible. While watching Beetlejuice, I was thinking about what we were talking about earlier, about how what executive would make that today, not knowing that oh, it's a hit. Never. You know? Like, just like, okay, so there, there's this couple that dies, and they're like, okay, well, at least they're not a likable couple, right? No, super, super likable couple. They die within the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. And then... They go back to their. There's a couple of ones that the people that want to buy the house after they die. They take over the house. It's basically a, a creepy movie about real estate and them not listening to the leader of purgatory that tells them to do anything but say Beetlejuice three times, but they do. The exec would be like, "What are you talking about? Get out of here, <laughs> Beetlejuice." Okay, pal. Great. Yeah, we'll let you know. You know what I watched again uh, recently? Coraline. Did you ever see that? Mm-mm. I think that's Tim Burton as well. 99% sure. It's amazing. It's really good. It's really creepy animated. Like, so, no? It's not? Nope. Who is it? It's not Tim Burton? Henry Selleck. Tim Burton's not involved at all? I'm double checking to make sure he didn't like produce it or something. But... Why don't you check Snopes? You know what else I watched <laughs> the other day? How dare you. <laughs> We've been going back and forth about Snopes. Mm. What's Snopes? What do you exactly. mean? Exactly. 
watched Kingpin the other day. Oh, that's a great movie. Unbelievable. Oh, fairly be- probably their most underrated movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. It's so good. And what I realized watching it this time <laughs> is that Bill Murray plays the bad guy. Oh, yeah. With and his it, crazy hair. Yeah. The circular and it, hair. And it, he's a hilarious bad guy. And Woody Harrelson plays the good guy. And Woody Harrelson, mm. a great dramatic actor. And Bill Murray's the silliest guy of all time. Yeah. And it just <laughs> works perfectly. It's, it's an amazing movie. And it's an amazing movie about bowling. Yep. Yeah, Bill Bill Murray's. He's great as a bad guy. He was a bad guy in Groundhog Day. Yeah. He was a bad guy that became a good guy by the end of the movie. He's a great golfer. Look at Bill Murray's here next to Donald Trump's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Who wore <it> better? <laughs> you should see Bill Murray out on the golf course. He's so funny, man. He does he's really silly out there. Like he I saw a video of him uh uh he called over the guy with a microphone. You know how you hear golf shots when they happen? Mm-hmm. The guy that holds like that thing. And he called him over. He said, come over here. Get closer. I want you to hear this fucking bomb I'm about to hit or something like that. And the guy gets closer and he sets up again. He goes, closer. And he goes, closer. And the guy gets right up on it. And he does this big backswing. And he slams the hell out of this ball, man. And it sounds... It sounded like fucking heaven when he hit it because the guy's right on. He had him what? right next to it. He can play. Oh, I heard. I heard he's like a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you see it anywhere? Tim Burton, Coraline? Yeah, he is nothing? No. Nope. It came up that people were asking about like he didn't direct or produce it. Like, wow. Because it came out the same time or similar time as the other thing. Or, it uh, looks like one of his it. movies. That's what's crazy. I assumed he did it because it's so uh, Tim Burton-like, you know, It's but it's probably someone who's a fan those like similar weird absurd strange i think he creepy. worked i think that guy worked with tim burton here's the article that says he stepped out of a shadow to make Coraline. oh there it is so maybe he's like protege oh okay interesting D- burton didn't produce or direct it interesting Neil Gaiman book just like nightmare Pro- oh okay cool well he nailed it what, whoever that gentleman is it's really good it's just a, a strange movie about these people that move into this house and it's all animated and this little girl finds this door that's been sealed off like this little tiny like you know like two foot door she's like what the fuck is this but it's been covered in wallpaper and she finds a key for it and she opens it up and it, it has a tunnel and she goes through it and finds a version of her family that's way nicer than her family but they have buttons for eyes like the mom is like doting like her parents are writers and all they're doing is like we have to work get out of here i'm trying to work and they're like they're not into hanging out with the kids she's bored and and it's rainy and shitty and then she goes through this weird tunnel and all the people over there are mirrors of her parents but much nicer all they're into is her they care about is her and her wishes and they give her the most delicious food and they're with her all the time but they want her to have button eyes they want her to stay there forever. And then eventually she realized, like, something's really fucking wrong here. And she's going back and forth between the two worlds. It's really cool. So whenever you have kids, Tony, whenever yeah. you shoot a live one mm-hmm. into the old lady, yeah. and you, know, you make a little baby kid, mm-hmm. little baby Tony. Little baby kid. Make them to watch Coraline. Okay. Say it could be worse, you little fuck. Look, it's a, it's a good this one. lady wants to sew buttons in your eyeballs. Sounds scary. It's a it's a cool movie. Yeah, and they they get creepier and creepier as the movie goes on. The parents get progressively weirder and creepier. Like they, it's a nice slow burn. Like they start off real sweet. Spoiler alert, and they keep getting weirder and weirder. 
Edward Scissorhands turns into a Christmas movie at the end. Does it? Yeah. I, I don't did. think I ever watched that. It's a good one. I'm that, sure. That's a fun one to watch. How many movies has Johnny Depp been in? A Jesus lot. Christ. They booted him out of this m- new movie because he lost a lawsuit. See that? Yeah. Crazy. Do you see the re- hear the recordings where she's admitting to hitting him? She's admitting to punching him? Yeah. I guess the judge is just insane on this case. Well, it was a it was a civil suit, right? Where he was suing a tabloid for um describing him in a, an inaccurate manner or describing his life in an, and then he lost that suit and because he lost that suit i wonder if it's like just the optics of him losing that suit so the the studio has to step in and and get rid of him right is that what it is i think so that's just what they do nowadays they're like okay you're not working <sighs> not working i think they still have to pay him though I think that's also part of the thing. He still gets an eight-figure paycheck. Sweet. Heck yeah. And he gets to stay home. Beautiful. Yeah. Doesn't have to do the press releases. Doesn't have to walk the red carpet. He gets to just be Johnny Depp out Wouldn't there. it be nice if it just... the 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 they He doesn't do the movie, but that money just pays her off. Like, get out. Yep. Stop. Leave me alone. I don't think she gets any money anymore. I think he's suing her now. I think that's what's happening. You know who's a badass? Jeff Bezos. Got a divorce, made his ex immediately the richest woman of all time. You know, immediately she became that. $36 billion. The richest woman of all time won it all in a divorce. And then right after that, which was 2019, he goes and he doubles or triples his overall wealth. So he got out. Right before making her twice over the richest woman of all time. So she got $36 billion or whatever instead of 72 which she would have gotten a year later once the pandemic hit. That probably pisses some women off that the way the richest women get to be the richest women is through divorce. Yep. There's probably a lot of women right now that just don't even want to fucking hear yeah. that shit. Yep. They're like, don't, can we just not mention that? Just stop it. Richest woman of we're all time. Tr- we're trying to be over here kicking ass. Yep. She did it by getting cheated on. Um, she did she? Broke. I think they were already broken up. Do you want a cigar? I know you do. She's number yeah. twenty-two on the list overall, as of September. Yeah, I mean, shut your mouth. Was in stock. Of richest people. Shut mm-hmm. your mouth. Tell right. She's the richest. Wo- twenty-two women. for women. Of all people. Right. Of all people. Yeah, yeah. She's the richest woman, though. Yeah, but she's. Oh yeah, most yeah. of the money was in stock. Why are you splitting hairs, Jamie? Oh, I'm not. No, I'm just saying she's seems still like you got some of that money too. Like she didn't. Did you read that on Snopes? <clears throat> she got fucked. <laughs> she did not get fucked. Oh saying. no, she like, made she made like thirty five billion, right? Didn't she? Yeah, yeah. But I was saying like bec- the point was that it was, he got her out before the, all the stock went up. Like she just went up with with he the knew. stock also. He knew what she was coming. Yeah. He probably did. Probably he, did. It's probably yeah. yeah yeah. Here you go. 35, 35 billion? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So at the There's time, a smile the divorce, on his face. she yeah. was the third wealthiest okay. woman in the world. Now she's the most well, whatever. How it's gone up in just a year. She gave a bunch of money to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation too. Like I think, <clears throat> I think some Billies. Crazy. Gave a lot of money. The yeah. Giving Pledge is what that's called. What is the charitable giving campaign in which she willingly committed to give away almost her, most of her wealth to charity over her lifetime or in her will? It says. Can you take that back? 
It's a non legally non-binding. Good. Change your mind. So that makes sense. <laughs> when you get older, stop having periods. Start getting mean. Yeah. Develop some testosterone. That's one of the things that uh, you see old ladies with mustaches. Yeah. They get testosterone. Really? Yeah. The body stops producing as much estrogen. Get a little more rugged, especially if you have to fend for yourself. That's the amount of testosterone that I have naturally. <laughs> I have the testosterone of an old lady. Old angry lady yeah. with no periods. Yeah. Same mustache. <laughs> By the way, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if that's true. But there is... <laughs> I do know that women who fend for themselves and who run businesses and women who are like uh, entrepreneurs and go-getters, they do uh, statistically have higher levels of testosterone. And they think there's a correlation between not just their actions, but, but that when they're forced into the role of the breadwinner and forced into this role, of uh, they, they actually develop naturally develop more testosterone than they would if they were in like a situation where they were married to Jeff Bezos and they could just chill. Right. It makes sense. Totally makes sense. People are adaptable. Yeah. And like testosterone, I mean, of course, they have to. Who's going to have that type of go-getter, go-get-it energy uh, without it? Like that chick from, um, oh, man. Oh, the the, um, one that tried to make the machine where it tests your blood. Oh, I was going to bring her up. Elizabeth Thanos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a fake voice. That deep voice she had. So she faked scary. That. She faked a voice. I want to hear a real voice. People caught her talking on the phone and they were like, well, who was in your room? And they walked in there and saw her and she like saw them. Hey, let me call you back. Mm-hmm. She pretended to be like a female Steve Jobs. She's like, I know what to do. I'll just act like a man. I'll put on black turtlenecks. And everybody celebrated her. Yep. Everybody's like, you're amazing. You're amazing. They wanted a woman to be an entrepreneur so bad. She was the richest self-made woman ever. I think at one point in time, she was worth more than $9 billion. And For now, nothing, too. It was all a lie. Yeah. It was certainly a lot of lies. I don't know if it was all a lie. I don't think it worked. I think they really exaggerated what it could do. And uh, they sold it. to like I think they sold it to Walgreens. And the thing is, it's not just as simple as they lied. It's also that people got medical screenings with that device that weren't accurate. So, like, maybe you don't feel good. Maybe you have a history of cancer in your family, and you're like, oh, my God, I think I might have something. And then you go to wherever, and you get that Theranos blood screening, and they go, no, Mike, you're fine. And you're like, whew, back to boozing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mike's got colon cancer. Or Mike's got a tumor in his liver. Or Mike's got – and you, you never find out because this blood scanner thing is horseshit. How long did they put her away for? They haven't put her away. She hasn't lost in court yet. Um, the, the I believe the company went bankrupt – and then um, they, they owe so much money. Like, I think Betsy DeVos, I think she's into them for some astounding amount of money. I think she uh, she went in for, I want to say it's more than $50 million. And a lot of other, like, really high-profile people got sucked into the narrative, right? The narrative was, here's this genius woman right. who's really like the female Steve Jobs, and she even dressed like Steve Jobs. 
and it sounded great. I, I remember hearing the story. I'm like, wow, this chick's badass. I remember thinking like, oh, that's cool. I can get a blood test just by a finger prick way better because I get blood tests all the time. I always want to find out where my body is because I take so many vitamins and nutrients and testosterone replacement and all this shit and NAD. I want to find out how healthy I am. Theranos Holmes may pursue mental disease in her defense. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, the, um, she might say she's mentally ill. Uh, which is why she lied a lot. But um, there's a really great uh, podcast series about her, um, The Dropout. It's called The Dropout. It's excellent. I think it might be Wondery. Find out if it's Wondery. Find out who makes it. But it's turn into a TV show. Yeah, but it's the podcast series is amazing. Um, when I was living in California, I listened to it like back to back to back until it was over. Like every week. When the new episode would come out, I'd get pumped. ABC uh, Audio, it says. ABC Audio. Whoever made it, thumbs up. You guys killed it because it was so compelling. Like, you find the story. There's a guy named Sonny who was her boyfriend who drove a Lamborghini. He's a real flashy guy. And the two of them put the scam together. But he claimed to not know what she was doing. And, and You watched the whole thing on HBO, right? I didn't, no. Oh, man, yeah. I know all about Sonny. You got to watch it, man. They go to work together. They they and they live did, together. And no one knew they were banging. Right. Yeah, they were hiding it, which is kind of hot. Yeah, totally. They're pretending. Oh, yeah. I'm so tired of Sonny's shit. I mean, thinking yeah. about firing him. Right. Well, she's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sonny's like, I think Elizabeth's lost her mind. <laughs> Every day. They send it in. You know. Rolling into work together. <laughs> hooking up at night. Yeah borrowing a bunch of money for a product that was never going to work. Do you think they were doing coke or something? Because I think when you see decisions like that, that you know, like there's no way this is going to work. What's happening here? I usually think someone's on some sort of speed. Amphetamines, coke, something. Something crazy. Very easily could have been. So you know all about this and you never watched the HBO documentary series? No. Oh, it's it's absolutely incredible i'm sure it's good i, I got the whole story from the uh, abc um uh podcast series the seeing Dropout. it's pretty crazy though because you oh, have sure. to, the machine is like it was just it was never going to work and every scientist is showing you it was never going to work and it shows you the needles and the glass vials just breaking it was just a pool pools of blood in these dirty plastic machines that they had or i mean they had to get these orders out to walgreens and as you probably know, they were training people at Walgreens with that had no cashiers that had no experience of the such how to because they ended up having to draw the blood of these people because they just kept lying to people. They're like, oh, this thing isn't working today. You got the pass for the the Thana. What was it again? Thanos? Theranos. Theranos. But unfortunately, today it's down. So we're just going to take your blood with a syringe and they had to train these Walgreens employees <gasps> yes. to, to, to tap in a vein. Yes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And that's how they kept the con going on for even longer. Cause once Walgreens was behind it, they paid the money. They're like, ah, oh, well let's at least there's something fascinating about cons. Yeah. Something fascinating. Super fascinating. You know, like, uh, I went to a boxing gym once in North Hollywood and the boxing coach, Never forget this. He's like, uh, you should invest in this thing I'm doing. I'm like, what is it? It was a pyramid scheme. And he starts describing it to me. He's like, well, you buy in, 
And then uh, when you get other people to join up, then you p- cash out. I go, I go, you just, you're, you're talking about a pyramid scheme. Like he didn't know what a pyramid scheme is. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, I've been making some money off of this. I go, do you know what a pyramid scheme is? He goes, no. I go, what you described is a pyramid scheme. There's no Google back then. And I was right. like, God damn it. And I'm like, I got to stop coming here. Like, cause the guy wouldn't stop talking to me about this. He, really? I'm telling you, you should invest in this. This is a great deal. I'm getting money back. I'm putting money in. You get a bunch of people to join in. I go, Where, where's the money going? Well, they're investing. And what? And what? <laughs> it was like, he was disc- he didn't understand. Like, it's, it's like the biggest pyramid sk- scheme ever, the biggest Ponzi scheme is Bernie Madoff. Mm-hmm. It was just super, super, super sophisticated. He got Steven Spielberg. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. He got some sophisticated people. The guy who made Poltergeist also got taken. See, see, find out all the people that got, like, famous people that got taken by Bernie Madoff. It's a big list. Jeez. Yeah, because he was he was bringing back real returns, like, real returns. Like, you'd get, you know, a certain percentage every year. Like, he was just nailing it. And and there was a lot of financial people that were like, what is this? Yeah. What are you doing? Like, what? This, is, this doesn't add up. What's happening here? What are the odds that his fucking last name was Madoff? <laughs> is that the weirdest? <laughs> It's like OJ's last name being Cold Blooded Murder. <laughs> it's insane. He made off with a bunch of money. Or like, uh, or uh, Wiener. Right. Right. That's another perfect one. The guy who likes to show his dick. Yeah. This guy's. It's, Is it pink. Andrew Wiener? Is that what his was? was his Anthony. Name? Anthony Wiener. Yeah. Where's he? He's out of jail, right? He should be doing stand up. That's a good idea. That guy's a comic. Steven Spielberg. The director's charity, the Wonderkinder Foundation, lost an undisclosed amount in November 2006. It had assets of $12.6 million and 70% of its interest in, and dividend income reportedly came from Madoff. Wow. Kevin Bacon, they got taken. And, and Kira Sedgwick, she got taken. Norman Brandman, whoever that is. Oh, the Eagles. Uh, Ira Rennert, look at him. He should be taken. Wow. I don't trust your tie. I don't like the color of your shirt. Get the fuck out of here. Zsa Gabor. God damn. They took Zsa you piece of shit. She suffered a $10 million loss. Oh, no. She's from Green Acres, oh, bro. Oh, goodness. They got the Holocaust survivor, too. Sandy Koufax. Sandy wow. Koufax. Wow. Wow. Who else? Malkovich. Oh, my God. Malkovich! Yeah. You son of a bitch! They should kill him for that. It says most of them have recovered. Oh, shut up. Oh, no, wait. Re- recovered. Finally receiving payouts. They had not recovered everything. Just finally getting money, starting to get money back. But this was 2017. Four billion of recovered funds. I wonder how they Look at his face. They One of the things they said that was really fascinating about him, the cops that, that handled him and all the people that brought him to court, like he never felt any remorse. Never. He was a straight up sociopath. He didn't give a fuck. He kept demanding things. He felt he should get more things, like better treatment, wanted better rooms. No, no remorse. Never felt bad that he, all these retirees, these people that just saved their whole life and they were gonna put all their money in his account. Oh, Norman, I think we're gonna get a good return on our money. And just fuck you. He just stole it. Stole I mean, it all. Why steal that much money? Because that the, was his, what his business was. But what's the difference between four billion and one billion? Unless you're three billion, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. When I am giving you math <laughs> advice, you got a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> but what can you buy with four that you can't buy with one? Island. But does anyone do that? Yeah. No one wants their own island. You're so naive. Listen to me. It's like everything. 
when you're playing a game, okay, let's say you're playing golf, mm-hmm. right? And you get you, what's a good handicap? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Okay. And say, what are you at right now? Uh, horrible. I don't know. Whatever. We'll say. Everybody uh, starts shitty. Whatever you are, you're yeah. better than me. Yeah. What are you? I, I'm not sure of my exact handicap. 30? Right sure. Okay. You want to be 15, don't you? Right. And then you want to be five. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you're Elon Musk and you're worth $20 billion or whatever, you look at Jeff Bezos, you're like, that piece of shit stealing my ideas. His fucking Project Blue or whatever that bullshit rocket formula thing he's got, lying about his achievements. I want to beat him. Right. When you're Jeff Bezos and you realize like you're worth $150 billion, but you realize some Saudi oil guys are probably worth a couple of trilli. Like, mm, wouldn't it be nice to be the first legit trillionaire from the Western world? Mm-hmm. And then you just, like, why wouldn't Bezos quit? Why doesn't he stop working? Why doesn't he just lie on a beach somewhere, get his balls massaged, and drink coconut juice? Why? Why do people keep working? They keep working because it's a sickness. Because numbers, you, you get numbers, you want more numbers. It's one thing if you're getting numbers doing what you love to do, like if you're a baseball player and they keep paying you more and you love baseball. But if you're just a straight up numbers man, you're never fucking satisfied. Man. You want more numbers. What is it? Bernie Madoff asking Trump to reduce his prison sentence for massive Ponzi scheme. <laughs> 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 what year is this? This was last year. Oh, I hope he does. I hope he does just for the spectacle of it all. I hope he uh, pardons Snowden, and yeah. uh, I hope he par- pardons Julian Assange. Let's Madoff out. Gives O.J. Simpson a full pardon. What else? <laughs> O.J. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exonerates Mike Tyson. Just it goes down the list of everyone who ever went to jail for. How many pardons do you get? As, as many as you Unlimited. want. Unlimited. <gasps> oh yeah. Oh my God. What if he just opens up the prisons? Everyone, That's pardon. He might. Donald if he Trump doesn't. loves you. You can all vote. What if he changes that? Opens up the prisons, makes uh, everyone pardon for every crime ever, and then you can all vote. Everything that'd, except murder and rape. That'd be an Everybody's interesting uh, storyline. Like, if, if, you know, he's going to push back on this thing. I don't know what's going to happen, but it'd be an interesting, that'd be an interesting movie. A president who's mad that he didn't get reelected, so he lets out his anger on the country and just uh, uses all of his power. Well, he already fired, what is it, the Secretary of State? No, the um, Secretary, Secretary of Defense. Defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. he fired the Secretary of Defense. I mean, when you're firing people two months in, and there was a... Maybe it was a New York Times article I was reading about his schedule. That he, they were saying he shows little interest in his job right now. Yeah. But what do you expect? He just lost the election. Do you yeah. expect a guy that played golf more than any other president ever in the history of presidents who complained about Obama playing golf? Was playing golf more than anybody ever? When you tell him the job's over, he's not going to make it. He's not going to keep working. Why would he do that? Yeah. Why would he keep working? And plus, you don't. You don't believe in the people that you don't believe you're why help the people that went against you. Well, not everybody went against you. Right. I agree. I mean, look, I'm I'm I've always been weirdly I sort of like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like bad guys. Yeah, but I don't think I, I like bad guys that are actually good guys but are bad guys. You know what I mean? Have you watched Cobra Kai? No. You should watch it. That's the whole theme of the movie. Really? Or the show, the series. Yeah. You remember the bad guy that Ralph Macchio fucked up? Mm-hmm. He's the guy you root for in the Cobra Kai series. Wow. It's really good. It's really good and it's really cheesy. Huh. In a good way, it's like watching a really well-written 1980s movie, but it goes on for hours and hours and hours. Wow. It's like a Netflix 1980s movie with 2020 writing, 
but like an homage to 1980s movies. And Ralph Macchio. What is, what's Ralph Macchio doing this? He's the bad guy. But he's also a good guy. He's a good guy, but he's making some really fucking petty decisions, and you kind of root against him. And the bad guy is kind of a fucking loser, but you kind of root for him. Yeah. Ralph Macchio's a winner. He's got a car agency. He's doing real well. Wow. Yeah, LaRusso. LaRusso yeah. Auto Sales. Fucking great. You know, when Trump was at Madison Square Garden, I just didn't <laughs> get the... I just didn't get the vibe from him that he was a, a bad guy. Oh, well, that's good enough. It's you a different... <laughs> she saw him from a distance. Seems... <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tony. You're the average American voter. <laughs> hey, 70 million people can't be wrong. Of course they can. <laughs> that's him. That's the... Wow. Uh, Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, Johnny Lawrence. What is his real name? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, he's really good, though. The actor who... Um, yeah. I don't know what he's done since uh, Cobra Kai. I hope he's had like regular jobs. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything. Maybe Mike Barnes? No. Nope. No. How far into this did you? I'm always surprised uh, by the things you end up watching and not (laughs) watching. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Bill Burr suggestion. Bill Burr suggestion. Uh, William William Zabaka. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. I knew it was a Z. Zabka. He's really good. He's really good in it. I knew a lot of those karate douches. When I was a kid, I knew a lot of those guys. Those never surrender. Right. Mm-hmm. No retreat. Never surrender. Yeah. And then you just kick them in their chest and they surrender immediately. Well, they weren't the best schools. Like um, my school, I was really lucky. I found this, this school when I was uh, 15 years old. I had, I had a place that I, I went to before that in uh, Newton. It was Joe Esposito's karate uh, school. And he was like a Newton legend. He was a karate guy. It was, it was a good school. But I didn't have the method to get there. I did, it was too hard to get there. I had to get my parents to give me rides, and they couldn't do it in time. Because by the time they got off work, the class had already started. And there was no like public transportation when I was 14 that could get me there. So I, I didn't go that often. But then the T, which was the Massachusetts or the Boston train system, dropped me off like two blocks away from the J. Hun Kim Taekwondo Institute. And I found it when I was 15. I got super, super lucky because they were the most hardcore. And this was in 1980. They were, there. it was just different. It was, uh, I guess I was 15, so it was 81-ish, 81, 82. It was, they were hardcore, man. But they weren't like, no, no retreat, no surrender. It wasn't, there was none of that shit. It was, yes, sir, no, sir, honor, bowing, you know, it was like you had the tenets of Taekwondo that you had to follow. There was um, there was no shenanigans or fuckery, but there was no tough guy shit either. There was, it was uh, like very stoic. You know, it was it was. But I we would go to tournaments and you would see those no retreat, no surrender. You'd see those guys and they they weren't good. Right. That was part of the problem. Like they were trying to make up for the lack of skill and the lack it's, it's all about lineage man it's all about who's teaching you like whether or not you learn your techniques correctly because if you go to a bad school one of the things that i found out when i was teaching is it's really hard to unlearn shit when i would teach people things like if they had a, a background in like a martial art that in the 70s and the 80s 
there was no YouTube, right? So like you had to find a good instructor and you didn't know who the good instructors were. Some guys had bad technique, but they were just badasses and they figured out how to win with bad technique. But then they would go up against someone who was also a badass who had better technique, and then you would see the difference. Like the, the, the really good guys, the tough guys that didn't have the right technique, they would eventually f fall off. And it was really hard for them to relearn stuff. So when I would teach people, it would be real hard to relearn stuff. Like the best students were people that knew nothing. The best students were girls because they didn't have any macho bullshit. Like one of my best students was a girl that I, I trained from the time she was 15 till she was like 18. I was so proud of her. I would take her to karate tournaments or these Taekwondo tournaments and she would do well. It was like this crazy, weird mentor relationship I had right. with this girl. But she was she would listen to everything. She never thought she knew more than you. So I'd have like fifty people in my class, but this one girl just would show up every day. Her parents would bring her and they would encourage her. It was really cool. But girls wouldn't, they wouldn't fight you on things. Like guys, I would teach them, I'm like, you got to pick your knee up. Like, well, sometimes when the guy's close, I like to do it like this. I'm like, okay. Yeah, right. Listen to me. You got to pick your knee up. Yeah. Do you want to, you want to kick like that guy? You want to kick like John Lee? You got to pick your knee up. You got to do it right. Guys would have like this weird ego shit. And girls wouldn't have it. I would say, you have to pick your knee up. They would go like this. And they'd go, like, yes. And then turn like that. And they would just do it. And if you learn the right way, you had a way better path. If you learn, so I got stupid lucky that I walked into the right school and found these people that were like hardcore with technique. Everything had to be done correctly. And if you were off at all, we, we called every instructor was Mr. Mr. O'Malley or Mr. Kim, Mr. O'Malley or Mr. Kim. They would correct you. Like mm -hmm. you, not like that, like this. It didn't matter how hard you were hitting the back. If your knee was low or if your knee was, everything, your position was wrong, your foot wasn't pivoted, they would correct you. Techniques, everything. You know that from wrestling, yeah. right? Hundred percent, everything. And right. golf, it's yeah. everything. Everything. If Technique you, is any, everything. Any moron that would take a golf club and go, "I'm gonna hit this ball so hard without, yeah, doing the thirty things at once that you have to do," will fall over and look like a complete moron. That's why it's so good to learn new things. Yeah. Because when you learn new things and you start from scratch, you get to be a beginner again. Yeah. And one of the things that I think plagues a lot of people is they, they never become beginners again in things. And so you get proficient at something and then you become stagnant, like um, whatever it is, whether it's martial arts or whether it's uh, even pool. I would remember when I would play in tournaments a lot, there was guys that never got better. Like they were where I was when I first started and then I got way better and they were the same. Same with martial arts. Mm -hmm. There's some people, they, they do something for a long time, but they never do it right. They always have like these weird flaws in their style or their, 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 their execution or the technique. But I think getting good at anything, whether it's chess or golf or playing a musical instrument, I, I think that's one of the most important things a person can do is learn something from scratch where you suck at it. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of the next thing because I'm, I'm not great at archery, but I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty proficient. I know how to keep my shit together. When it comes to like the moment of truth, when like in a bow hunting scenario, because I've been nervous a lot doing stand up and fighting and all the other shit I've ever done, but I need something new. I'm trying to figure out what it should be. But I think um, guns, like learning how to shoot pistols correctly, like that Tarrant tactical, mm -hmm. that helped a lot. That was an interesting thing to do to get better at that because you realize like this is a totally different thing than anything else you do. 
And so you, and, and, and learning from all the people there, like how to hold it correctly, grab it really hard with your right hand, but your left hand, or, or your left hand rather, but your right hand, you don't really grab that hard, which is interesting because that's the trigger finger, but you don't have a lot of tension in that. The tension is more in your left hand. And all these techniques you learn from those like people that win these world championships and shooting, anything you're doing, man, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's yoga or what, any, just try something new. Right. And get better at it. Yeah. I play golf with one guy who uh, wants to be good, so he's not getting any better because he's like cheating. You know what I mean? He so, cheats? Yeah. So, <gasps> And we all know that he cheats, but he doesn't know that we all know and that we're watching him the whole time. So it's one of the funniest running things. Three out of the four of us know that the one is cheating continuously. So he'll do this thing where... Uh, where he'll go, he'll find his ball, if he finds his ball, by the way, which if he can't find his ball, he'll just say that he found his ball and drop drop another ball. With a, he'll, he'll pull his cart over and then go to the other side of his cart so that we're all blocked out and he'll magically find his ball. But Are if he does... not golf with Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> no. Because that's what he does. That's what everybody says. No, these people are full of crap. Mm-hmm. You watch Tiger Woods. He t- he'll tell you he's one of the best golfers that he's ever golfed with. I'd say that too if I wanted to go to Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Florida. I want to go to Mar-a-Lago. News, I don't want to be banned they don't like Joe show Scarborough. You. No. <laughs> That's why they don't show you clips of Trump playing golf because they don't want people to know how good he is Stop. at it. I'm dead serious. Stop. Stop. I, I will listen, not. Listen to me, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think Trump would have videos of him being awesome at golf? He does, yeah. There, that's out there. Let's watch him. Okay. Do you think you have videos of Trump, like you have videos of Manny Pacquiao running out in pool? I told you Manny Pacquiao is like a legit pro. You saw it. Do you I think mean, there's there's videos of Trump playing like Manny Pacquiao plays pool? Trump probably doesn't release the videos because he thinks people will compare him to pro golfers. But to a non-pro golfer, he's a freak. Listen to me, bitch. I'm you're, telling you, I'm talk, right about you're this. You're talking nonsense. How and why President Trump treats at golf, oh, even yeah. when he's playing against Tiger Woods? Of <laughs> yeah, fake news. <laughs> golf.com. Yeah, golf.com. golf.com. Sure, you can go to the New York Times and they'll tell you Trump is bad at something. Bro, if anybody's conservative, it's golf players. So you think Tiger Woods? How is- many c- conservative golf players do you think there are? Is it a thousand percent? There's a lot. Trump owns like ten of the best courses. I understand, but people that play golf are generally business-oriented folks. Business-oriented folks want better tax breaks. They're the kind of people that are going to be conservative. Yeah. So they're going to buy a golf magazine. Yeah. People yeah. who write about golf maybe a little bit more liberal because they're journalists. Yeah. Exactly. Every journalist is liberal. Not everyone. I mean, there's a couple, but nobody's reading them. (laughs) (laughs) What's a conservative newspaper? Trump doesn't just cheat at golf. He cheats like a three-card Monty dealer. (laughs) He throws it, boots it, and moves it. He lies about his lies. He fudges and foozles and fluffs. At Winged Foot, where Trump is a member, the caddies get so got so used to seeing him kick his ball back onto the fairway, they came up with a nickname for it, Pele. That's a nickname for him, Pele. Get out of here. I played with him once, says Brian Marshall, a longtime winged foot member and the chair of the coming 2020s Men's U.S. Open. I would say that's a legit source. His quote, it was a Saturday morning game. <laughs> we got to the first tee and he couldn't have been nicer. But then he said, you see those two guys? They cheat. See me? I cheat. And I expect you to cheat. Because we're going to beat those two guys today. He's being funny. So, yes, it's true. He's going to cheat you. 
But I think Donald, in his heart of hearts, believes that you're going to cheat him too. So, if it's the same, if everybody's cheating, he doesn't see it as really cheating. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Because I would think that a lot of his friends are dirtbags too. Like, one of the things about joke thieves, right? We all know this. They take kids on the road with them. And those kids become joke thieves, right? We don't have to name names. Yep. But we we know comics who started out working for thieves. Yep. And those comics became thieves. No doubt. Yeah, because they realized, like, this guy's got a Mercedes. Yeah. Lives in a nice house. Yeah, and that's how it's done. That's how it's done. Right. You real If you grow up in the wrong environment, you really, you think that that's the way to do it. Yeah. You know? And I think if you're in that fucking dog-eat-dog, crazy, egomaniac, pre-internet business world, which Trump, he's 74, right? He was 50 when the internet came around. Stop and think about that. Right? They weren't expecting that. Come on, son. Thought you could just keep being a, bi- uh, a douchebag. Speaking of cons, I saved a. Uh, I saved a. Uh, I stopped one the other day. I felt stopped really. Con? Yeah, I felt really good about it. So I was leaving my place, going to get a coffee, uh, and I see this guy leaning out of his like brown bronco, yelling at this lady in the car in the lane next to him. He's, He's got a yelling, bronco. Yeah, something like that. Like a nice one. No, like, like a what year? like a beat like up OJ one. one? Yeah, mm. yeah, like an OJ old years? beat up OJ one, and it's like beat up and brown, and something just didn't look right about it. And the guy's like yelling, like, "No, seriously, pull over, lady!" Blah 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 blah, right? And I notice it, and I'm like, "That something seems shady. What's going on over there?" And then their light turns green, and he's like beeping at this lady aggressively that's in the lane next to him. Whatever, I go get my coffee. Um. 10 minutes later, I pull into a gas station to get something and I see the same car and this guy, there's a lady pulled over at the gas station and he's yelling at this lady and the lady's like, "Uh," and I'm trying to like listen, but I'm not. And again, I'm like, screw it. I'm going to mind my own business. And I go in the gas station and then she is in line behind me. She's going to the ATM and I'm like, Hey, just out of curiosity, what, what, What'd that guy say to you? She goes, I think I'm being scammed. And I go, you are. It turns out that this guy was screaming at ladies that because of how they were driving, he had to swerve and hit a car. And he doesn't want to have to go through the insurance. So just give him a few hundred bucks now. Since I saw him do it to two different ladies at two different cross streets, I caught on to it. And he was just about to get her. She was literally at the ATM putting her card in when I say, What's, what's that guy talking with you about? And she knew it in her gut. She was right. She was scared, though, so she was just going right. to do it. Right, and that's how, they, that's, how they, that's how they get you. There's a lot of those, man. That's weird about L.A. You don't see a lot of those three-card Monty things. Have you ever seen three-card Monty no. in Is that with the cops? In New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or it's cards. Uh, three card monies with cards, but the cup thing is a like a similar kind of scam. There's like a little ball into the cup, and they move the cups around, and it's just like sleight of hand. Yeah. When you see David Blaine manipulate cards, you you realize like, oh, okay, like there's levels to everything. Like David Blaine can do crazy shit with cards. Like he did shit with my daughter. Like he like did these card tricks, and I was watching everything he did, and I have no idea how he did it. Like, well, he did things where, like, cards would, he'd have a stack of cards, and he'd keep tapping the stack, and the stack would go smaller and smaller to those, like, two cards. You have no idea how he did it. You're just looking at him, like, what are you doing? Like, it's like he's got access to time travel, and he's, like, pulling those cards out when you're not looking, and then coming back to normal time. Like, it didn't make 
right? Hey, so I, I know how to do a couple minimal card tricks, and I'm not very good at them, but like I, I have an idea of Prove what's it. happening. <laughs> you need trick decks and shit for the ones I know. I'm not like it's not. I'm not good at them, but he was freaking me. Yeah, out. I was watching him do one. I swear, I was like, I'm gonna catch him right now. I'm gonna fucking catch him. I was f- two feet from him, and he did something. I don't even. It just disappeared. How about the ones where he did where the guys were holding his wrists? We had our security guys hold each of his. He asked them to do it. Hold each of his wrists. He rolled his sleeves up. And he made these cards disappear. And you're like, what is happening? Oh my god! What are you doing? <laughs> what are Magicians you doing? He's a master of more than just cards. It's like psychology and like yeah. misdirection. Yep. He's mixed it all together at a but level that we can't understand. He's so advanced. Yeah. I took one writing gig like six or seven years ago with Justin Willman, who's a genius, great magician. He he puts he's the Netflix guy now, and uh, um. I took the job because uh, Robert Morton, who used to be the executive producer of Letterman, was the EP of this. Anyway, I take the job just because it's a short two, four week. We're making a pilot for this magician. I'm like, I like magic. Magic's cool. And Morty's the EP. So this will be a cool thing to work on, right? Short job. So I show up day one. And basically, we're all in a big writer's room or whatever. And I go, yeah, you know. I'll, and they're like, we got Tony here because he's, a, you know, he's going to add some edge to the comedy on this show because it was a comedy. It was Comedy Central's first ever magic comedy show, the pilot. And and I go, yeah, you know, I'll punch up whatever. You guys show me the tricks that you want to do and I'll write jokes around the trick. And that's when I this is when I realized how cool this job was about to be. They go. The main guy goes, no, you write the trick. And you write the jokes. And I'm like, so you'll be able to do whatever my imagination thinks would be a cool magic trick. And like him and like four other magicians, which was basically the rest of the creative staff at the same time, were like, yup. And that's what excites them is because they can't even think of things. You know what I mean? They can, but they want to hear what a different mind thinks would be impossible. And then they figure out how to do it? Figure like what, out. What, what, what's an example? Well, we ended up, because it was a pilot of a show, we ended up having to figure out a theme for just the pilot. So, the, for example, the, that was uh, technology. So one of the things was him versus, him versus a 3D printer uh, um, in making th- things appear. It was really funny. Because there was this kid, they went to this, we ended up finding this like nerdy smart school where this kid was excited about his 3D printer. And basically it was, it was just him making things appear out of absolutely nowhere while one kid was still printing one thing with a 3D printer. It took forever and he ended up just pigeon, 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 card, 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 card. Like it ended up being, you know, it's a comedy. So, but, um. I'm trying to think of what other ones. There were some really crazy ones. I think it's a, a whole world yeah. where there's there's things that they understand, they know with the average person. Like you're looking at a deck of cards, you have an idea of what's possible with with that deck of cards, but they have just 10x times more yeah. options how to hold them, how to move them, how to maneuver those cards, how to distract you with the other hand. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to hang around with David Blaine for a few months. Yeah, and watch him do tricks. And it see ended up I- being one of the most fun gigs I ever worked on. 
there was just I'd get home after uh, a day of work and I'd find like the seven of spades in my shoe. I'm like, this guy <laughs> forgot to finish that he one. Stuffed, trick. He stuffed a folded card under Jeff's uh, watch band. Wow. And he's like, uh, where's the card? And, he, and Jeff's like, where'd it go? He goes, look at your wrist. And he's like, what? And he like realized like it was folded and stuffed under his watch band. And he has a fucking G-Shock, right? So yeah. it's it's not like a loose, crazy watch band. It's a tight buckle, rubber strap watch band. He stuffs it in there. And he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what the fuck? No one saw it. Yeah. And that's Jamie, a- you were filming some of it, right? Didn't you uh, film some of it? Other people did. So I, I was wanting. I was a, I big. I was a big fan of his growing up because I was like a huge fan of Magic, David Copperfield. But like after I figured out all the fake that was, moved into Street Magic because it's a little harder to do, you know. And that's what he was big on. So I was waiting my whole life to watch him up close and Amazing. got to be two feet from. Like I said, and I wanted to just, I wanted to try to catch him, and he, he was so good at it. He did like seven tricks in front of me. Can't catch. He's him. a really nice guy. Really nice guy. Like genuinely nice on camera, off camera with everybody, with security guys, with uh, my family, with everybody. Like you could tell, it's just really nice, friendly, genuine guy. But some of the stuff he does is fucking weird. Like you maybe shove an ice pick through his bicep. Yeah, what was that like? I mean, are you, what, what? <sighs> Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, it's not a trick, right? It's just pain. And um. I think pain is just a sensation, right? And if you could just tolerate the sensation, it's not deadly. And one time I hit a nerve and we had to back it out and do it again. I had to do it a second time because I got in there and he said, stop, stop, stop. Like it hit the nerve. So I had to back out and do it again. I think it was supposed to be more disturbing and impressive than I reacted to it because, um, First of all, I'm used to pain. You know, I've been doing martial arts most of my life, so I'm always hurt. I've, I've had a bunch of surgeries. And also, I've butchered animals. Like, I understand right. muscle tissue, and I'm not... It's just like, why are we doing this? It was more why are we doing this than, oh my God, I can't believe we're doing this. Like, that one was not a good one for me, because it's like, okay. Like, I could do that too. Like, if you want to shove that through my arm, I could just sit here. Well, he shoved that through my arm. I wouldn't like it, though. Did he bleed? Yeah, he bled a little bit. Yeah. We had to stop and refilm because he had, like, a little bit of a hematoma. Right, Jamie? Wasn't it? Like, a it little... Building up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the, the security guys had to put, like, a fucking Band-Aid on it and shit and check it out. Some One of them's a medic. How do you I, think... He, do you think he went through the muscle? I, I pushed it through his fucking arm, dude. Like his muscle. A hundred percent. Not between the bone and the muscle. No. No, I shoved it through his muscle. 100%. How, but you, you how, can do that, How though. thick was it? The needle? It was an ice pick. But I'm telling you, you can do that. You know, there's guys. This is one of the things that we found out during the show that I didn't know. There's guys that, use, that would shove swords through their body. Their whole gig was shoving swords through their body. And we watched it live. We, I mean, not live. We watched videos of these guys shoving swords through this one guy's body who was famous for it. So it would take like a, a long, thin sword and they'd shove it through his chest and it would come out the other end. And he'd just be standing there with his sword through him. Yeah, so here's me. Did you see this? No. So here's me I shoving. About it. 
What? He, yeah, I. He's like showing me how to do it. Like the... push it through here. Yeah, just shove it through. No. Yeah, poked it right through. One hundred percent real. But again, that's not the best one for me, right. because if you're a person who's like doesn't necessarily see a lot of um, pain or you haven't used to like surgery or someone getting like if you did that to a doctor right the doctor would be like okay i see what you're doing just pushing something through the muscle and it probably hurts right it's not a good joke or a trick it's not a it's not an illusion you're just doing something that hurts like okay like steve oak would do that steve oak's probably done that a hundred times he does things like yeah. that yeah even with the didn't he go to clown college or something like that i yep. think but Steve yeah, O climbed like in a that, fucking yeah. tree and had lions come chasing after him. Yeah. Like he's he's the best. Yeah, he does a lot of shit. That he did hurts. the frog thing too, though, which oh, is like right. another That was a different thing. He swallowed a frog. He swallowed a shitload of water. So during the podcast, he probably drank <laughs> look at shit. So fifteen <laughs> he probably drank fifteen bottles of water or something crazy. And then he swallowed this frog. And then the frog is in his stomach with all the water. That he swallowed, and then he spit up the water slowly but surely in a bucket. We had an ice bucket on the table, and then he eventually got to the point where he felt the frog coming up, and he spit the frog out into my hand. Okay. Good lord. Yeah. I mean, he knows how to do it. Man. That's but the it, difference between David Blaine and Steve-O. Steve-O eats the frog. <laughs> You're watching it come out of a different yeah. hole. The frog comes out of my nose. <laughs> Here it yeah. comes. Put the, put the plunger to my butthole. That yeah. stuff holds up, man. Those movies, nothing makes me laugh like those movies. I swear Jackass? to God. Jackass? Yep. Yeah. Those nothing. Those crazy. They're so, I could watch it uh, over and over and over again. What's amazing is that Steve-O walks around like he's fine. It doesn't seem that hurt. I mean, one time, uh, real recently, he had a bunch of skin grafts. Remember, he got real badly burnt? Yeah. One of the things he was oh, doing. Oh, yeah, because he put together this this new special. I actually, he had me come over to uh, to watch it, and I'm telling you, it is so freaking good. He saved a lot of his favorite things that he wrote himself for this. Did you ever see the one where Tim Kennedy choked him unconscious on stage? Is that this one, this new thing? No, this one's a while ago. But uh, my friend Tim Kennedy, who was a top-notch middleweight in the UFC, put the fucking choke to him, choked him completely unconscious, and let him go. And he falls and bounces his head off the ground. It's like, ooh. This most recent one on this? This is the one he taped himself. Oh, he's so funny. This He does my favorite thing I've ever seen on this one, where... uh, he pretends like he's a bicyclist. You know how bicyclists wear those goofy outfits? Look at the... Is yeah. that his dick? Yeah. So he just painted himself like he's... <laughs> but meanwhile, his dick's hanging out? Yeah. Oh, my God. And all these people, he always falls next to somebody, and, and they're just about to help him, and then they see that his, his dick and balls are just painted black. <laughs> doesn't really have a bike. Look at this. Oh, my God. Johnny Knoxville just kicked him right in the balls and dick. Mm. That's pieces of his uh, skin. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Giant boils. At one point, I think he does a shot of it. Does a shot glass of one of his infected burn uh, pouches. Yeah, that's not good. It's very funny, though. It's a weird way to make a living, though, right? Because uh, after a while, you realize, you know, you're going to go Houdini eventually. Someone's going to hit you with something. You're going to die. Something's going to go wrong. But maybe not, because he's been doing it. How old is Steve-O? 45? Probably, yeah. 45? 46 or 45. 46? 
Been doing a long ass time. Yeah. Like he, he, I think he was gonna let Chuck Liddell punch him. That's not a good idea. I think that was one of the things he was doing. Something was gonna happen. Johnny Knoxville got knocked out by Butterbean. Oh yeah. Who was an enormous man. Yeah. And he let him knock him out. And he had a boxing match with Butterbean, which is means you're gonna let Butterbean knock you out. Cause right. You're not gonna win. Probably gave Butterbean a little bit of a thicker boxing glove on that one. Right. <laughs> No. No? No. No, it was a regular glove. It looked like a nice regular 10-ounce glove. You sent him into the DMT dimension. Scary. <laughs> Scary. It's a regular glove, right? I don't oh, think it's boy. even a sparring glove. I don't think it's a 16-ounce or an 18-ounce glove. I think it's a legit 10-ounce heavyweight boxing glove. Butterbean, who was this? What's that? It's the early days of Jackass when they were like just doing all sorts of shit on MTV still. Yeah. Not even just their movies. Oh, this is different. He fought him in a ring, too. This is him fighting him in a store. He hits his head on a display, I think. Look, he beats the shit out of him. That's legit. He just beat him down. And this lady's like, what in the fuck? Look at these people. Yeah, there. Like, But this is legit. Like, He's not like faking it. <laughs> so this means that Johnny Knoxville got knocked out by Butterbean more than once. Because those, actually, those look like 16-ounce gloves, I'm going to be honest. Those are bad gloves that Johnny has on because they have Velcro on them. There. Oh, he's but letting he him let hit him. him. He let him have a couple. Oh, but Johnny doesn't know how to punch. That's not fair. And then he KOs him. Yikes. Terrible. But there was also one, maybe it was Steve-O. Someone boxed him in a ring. See if it's steve You know what you might be thinking about? You might be thinking about the Tough Enough Pro Wrestling tournament they did uh no i'm thinking about a, a, a for sure jackass okay where uh someone boxed butterbean in a ring it was an actual ring i think that was all they did with them it might have been something else i'm pretty sure someone boxed him in a ring see that's why it's uh wrestlemania yeah but it's yeah. not that see um butterbean ko's uh text butterbean ko steve-o i just have jackass and butterbean it would come yeah out. but just take off jackass just oh. butterbean knocks out steve-o yeah. So one of the guys fought. It was a look. So is it only in the store? What's that one? That one, keep going down. The one right below Eric. Yeah, that one right there. That's the China. no, no, right, right below that. Sorry, the same one we just watched. Is that the same thing? Mm -hmm. It's all giant Knoxville. In but there's store. one in a ring. Maybe it's like a false memory. Hmm. So the WWE once did this thing. They had a horrible idea. It's famously one of their worst ideas ever. I think it was called the Tough Enough Tournament, and. Uh, Vince's big idea, because UFC was just gaining popularity, was to have, he took like 16 of his least favorite pro wrestlers that were like on the cutting, you know, on like the, about easily, quickly could be fired. Um, and he decided to make this tournament called the Tough Enough Tournament. And what he didn't realize is that some people were just better fighters than others. And the guy that ended up winning it all, he didn't expect to win it. So then he put him up against Butterbean at WrestleMania, and Butterbean absolutely demolishes him. Oh, yeah. Here it is. It's really sad. <laughs> so famously, they hype this guy up. Where's he getting fucked right here? It's quick. Oh, the right hand is so. wide open. There yeah, it see, is. Hello. See how low his left hand is? so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. You can't, you can't do that. And he's going to get up because he's tough. Yep. It ruined this guy's career because now he's been beaten by a boxer in a pro wrestling ring, so it was over. Well, not only that, he got beaten like legitimately. Get that last one. He doesn't get. I don't think he got up from that. Oh, I guess he did. Yeah. He yeah. Does. 
immediately. Yeah, they dust him off. Look, he still's got his left oh, hand low. Jesus. Oh my god, that is so bad. That's yep. so bad. That's such a bad KO. Go back to that again. So look, that guy, that fight's over. Look. Oh, oh my god. Yikes. That's horrendous. That's horrendous. Wow. Yeah. That's bad. I God, I have this false memory of uh, Butterbean fighting Johnny Knoxville in a ring. Yeah, I typed hmm. in a few things like just getting. I was looking for any other celebrity or something that did maybe, but maybe it's it's not Stevo KO by Butterbean. Mm. Either way, Butterbean was a a fucking tank of a human. He was a weird guy because he was like the king of the three rounders, or is it five rounders? What would they make him fight? But. It didn't really have the endurance to go 12, so he would go short distances, but he was so big. Butterbean versus Conor McGregor, who wins? Butterbean. Three rounds? Butterbean. Conor gets to go crazy. Butterbean. King of the four-rounders, they called him. Yeah, Butterbean. Dude, he hits him once. It's a weird number to land on, right? That means he's really First, tired by round listen, five. He's so big, you're not going to KO him. His He doesn't have a neck. His head starts at the top. His neck starts here. It just, like goes, just goes straight out. Is not like a lot of getting KO'd is you get twisted. Right. Your your head washes around. Your brain washes around inside your head. Dude, I had a crazy dream. And now I'm rem- remembering it. That uh, a friend of mine was t- telling me that he's got an opening between his skull and his brain. He has to close. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he like lifted his skull up. And I was like looking into his brain. And there was all this space. It was like his brain and then all this this space and then the skull on the outside. And I was like, whoa, you got to get that fixed. Ooh. Like, what a crazy dream. That is freaky. I had one the other day. So it reminds me of that where uh, one of my one of the guys that works at the comedy store was coughing hysterically. And he was coughing and blood started shooting out of his neck and then out of his ear. And like each cough just da, da, da. You know what that is? What? That's the comedy store dying in your head. <laughs> Realizing that it can only sustain itself for so long, the way things are going. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Crazy times, man. I think everybody has to move to Texas. It's the only way to keep comedy alive. They're going to keep L.A. on lockdown for a long time, man. Definitely oh. seems that way. Some news hit the today just a little bit ago while we've been on. Uh, Joe Biden's found the cure for no, cancer. No, not like that. But uh, Billboard posted something that... Um, for Ticketmaster for tickets about getting tested and having it linked to an app. Yeah, John Joseph sent me this. Yeah, yeah, that also uh, uh, vaccines. Yeah, they're gonna have it connected to or vaccines. Party company Ticketmaster. I saw Ticketmaster to get into a Live Nation venue. Or something. Yeah, so if you're gonna come to a show, listen, <sighs> this is very controversial, right? If t- I'm all for testing, if you can test the day of. And then get in. Like there's rapid tests. Like we did rapid tests today. Mm-hmm. You do a 15-minute test. Um, the problem with the vaccine is right now, like the Pfizer oh. vaccine, if you read into it, 90% are effective. It's really good. But the people that do it, they get horrific headaches and real bad hangovers. And what they're experiencing sounds a lot worse than what Jamie experienced having yeah. actual COVID. Tell me what it was like having actual COVID. Well, I, I th- like, so I've, I've said it a few times. I thought I was getting a sinus infection. That's what it felt like was like coming. I've had one before. It's like, okay, I know it's about to happen. I'm about to maybe have two or three days of nose pain, whatever, head pain. It never actually came. So that's why I was like, maybe it's still coming or it's like just never got that How bad. many days was it like that? One, okay. really. 
I was, and I never even felt like worse than maybe 60, 70% of normal life. I was like, I just kind of, I'm starting to feel funky, whatever. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow will be worse. And it was like not worse. It was not really much better, but it wasn't a whole, it wasn't worse. And then even as the days went by though, a little better. And that's when, when I came in, I was like, I think I'm fine. I don't I felt bad a couple of days ago, but not now. Yeah, you didn't think you had it. You thought you had hay fever or something. Right, yeah, that's what I thought. Because I was looking online. Ragweed is, was real bad here. They said even, like, don't go outside if you have ragweed allergies. It's, like, it's very, very bad to stay inside today. Yeah, like, people okay. get weird allergies. Hmm. There are weird allergies out here. There's a cedar allergy around here, but it's not really cedar. Um, I forget what Pollen? the actual. No, it's a kind of plant. It's a tree. It's a type of tree. It's not really cedar. Right. It's like juniper or some shit. They call it cedar fever, but what is it actually? I'm looking. I think it's juniper. There's something that uh, that gets you for whatever reason. They call it cedar allergies, but it's not really cedar. Um, but apparently, for a lot of folks out here, they don't get it the first year. They don't get it the second year. They get it like the third year. Yikes. I was like, what? You even get a part. Yeah, it says that symptoms for the cedar fever include fatigue, headache, facial discomfort, a sore throat, partial loss of smell, and a feeling of having plugged ears. And what is the actual plant that gives you that shit? Uh, Mountain cedars is what this says. Hmm. Cedar fever is an allergic reaction to pollen from mountain cedars, according to Texas Med Clinic. Oh, hmm. So it could be a different. Why don't you Google cedar fever is actually from blank? Because someone was telling me that it's a different plant. I was like, why do they call it cedar fever then? He's like, oh. But anyway. Ah, there you go. Blame it. <laughs> blame it on this is a joke, but it says blame it on the patriarchy. There's a, the patriarchy? Yeah, I mean. Is that how you say patriarchy? It's only male Jamie's plants. so addicted to bullshit, he doesn't even say patriarchy. <laughs> that's, what, no, that, that's what the thing says. Look, the pa- it says patriarchy. That's like, oh. they're, funny. they're trying to make it funny. Uh, oh, tree. Patriarchy. Um, yeah. What is the actual plant, though? Are they saying cedars as well? Maybe the guy who told me it was different is full of shit. Maybe he's one of those guys who likes to know things, but he doesn't believe in Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Snopes only. Those guys. That's weird, man. <laughs> those fucking bullshit artists used to be a thing. You know, guys would just tell you stuff, and you're like, really? Yeah, man. Well, when JFK was killed, they immediately went underground. Like, what do you think would have happened if the JFK, if, I don't know, this is a weird question. JFK you survived? can't say today or if the internet existed then, but what do you think would have been different about that if that had happened during an information age like this? Or would it not have happened? The murder? Yeah. See Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's oh, the thing. That's a great point. Here's the thing about murders today. It is uh, equally horrific as murders in 1963, but there's also more information coming at you. It never ends. It never ends. It's like voting controversy. Antifa takes over Seattle. Fucking da 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 da. You just constantly get inundated with information to the point where you forget about what you were mad at two days ago. Yep. That's it's part of the problem with today. It's you get an information overload. Like I was telling you, I don't remember having this conversation with someone on a podcast that I just saw a clip of. I'm like, oh yeah, I fucking completely forgot about that guy. That is like it, like if I had a really interesting conversation with if it was rare for me to have an interesting conversation with people if I worked in a factory and very rarely I get to sit down and have a cup of coffee with some scientist who tells me some really cool shit I would be telling everybody about that story 
I'd be like, dude, I had this conversation three hours, just me and this scientist, and he was telling me all kinds of crazy shit. I would, I would have remember all of it, but I see too many. I have too many, too many of those stories, yeah. and they just get lost in my head. I think that's how we are with everything today. That's why no one gives a fuck who killed Jeffrey Epstein. This, if you like, had a national, like, if there was a clock or a, a, a chart rather that showed national interest in the Jeffrey Epstein murder. It was like 20%, and now it's like 0, 0, 0. 0.1. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. No one's – Google Jeffrey Epstein murder on Twitter. You know, like three crazy people right. that also are into QAnon, and they're, they're, they're bringing up the Epstein thing. You know, someone found the, the records. Remember, the records from the flight logs are out. Everyone's fucked. They're all going to jail. Came and went. Right. Nobody cares. Bill Gates went. Did you hear Bill Gates went? Came and went. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right? Google Another trend. news cycle. Google trend. in the summer when that stuff came out. Yep. And now back down to... Down to nothing. nothing. Wow. That's how we are. That's... I mean, they probably anticipated that when they killed them. Yep. You know? There's so much news. Yep. Yeah, they probably just figured we can get away with this. And they kind of can. And... If things get more and more chaotic, which they appear to be doing, it's going to get worse with that, you know? It's going to get even more strange. It's going to get weirder and weirder and weirder, Tony. Where do you think it all goes? Where does this crazy, never-ending news cycle... Mexico starts being more safe than the United States. People start moving to Mexico. The United States gets more and more crazy. Or you go to Canada, but Canada doesn't let us in. It's too cold there. We Well, it's not even that. They don't want us. Well, great. I'm glad they don't want us. We become Mexico. There. Canada becomes the United States. We become Mexico. It's not too cold there. It we, is. You and I have been there. I know, but we go. We, uh, yeah, we go straight, straight into a car and straight to a hotel and straight to the venue and straight to a restaurant and then back home. Remember, we, yeah, we talked about do. this on the show uh, <laughs> when that story leaked about the, it was like a hot mic. ABC News producer got. Um, the Epstein thing? Yeah. NBC. Wasn't no, it? This was ABC. A different one? She's suing ABC for $10 million. It's the same. Was I wrong? Is it NBC or ABC? ABC. Let me see the lady. Oh, ex ABC news staffer sues Disney owned network over leaked Jeffrey Epstein tape. Ashley, oh, it is ABC. Remember seeking this? $10 million. Yeah, okay, I was wrong then. According to the New York, I thought it was NBC. She, this was the tape. They were like, I can't believe they, like, right. they wouldn't put it out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Is that her? No, I don't know. Oh, it was a different one. This is not the reporter. Oh. This is the girl who found the tape. Right. The reporter was the girl who was on the, uh, saying, I broke that story. Mm-hmm. I knew that story, but the, then they buried it. Yeah. This she the should... girl got fired for leaking it or something like that, I think. Oh, that girl got fired for leaking the tape. Mm-hmm. Oh, good mm-hmm. for her. Good for her. I hope uh, someone hires her. Remember, I think we've like they're, she's doing what they were supposed to do, like labeling things with certain whatever, and then it, it just like, they're like, how did this leak? Mm. She said she didn't do it. <sighs> so she did. Good. She should. That's a crazy thing to hide. Yeah, here's the tape that you're probably the video you're That's remembering. It. That's it. That's her. Yep. Yeah. Good. Man. Whatever happened to that lady? The lady who leaked it. See, the real worry is that they would blackball someone like that, keep them from working again. Someone needs to come up with a a legit network online, like a legit news network of like really trusted news people. And just give them total autonomy. Never restrict them. 
and then give them a security detail everywhere they go. It's expensive. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it is. But if you think about how much money they make at like Fox News and I mean, if they want to go seek a story, you got to like fly to somewhere, stay in a hotel for weeks, 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 mm-hmm. pay money to you know get get information. Keep yeah. It. Oh, no doubt. It's not cheap. Look at uh, what's happening right now with Fox News. You know, people are abandoning Fox News because they think that Fox News is turning on conservatives because they are. There was uh, people in the Trump campaign that were talking about the um, the election results, election results being uh, fraudulent and all these different things. And so Fox News said uh, this is these are unfounded accusations. So they cut away from this guy explaining this and the conservatives are freaking out. Right. Cause what Fox news is trying to say is like, Hey, you guys, this is not, this is not true according to them, or it's at least not accurate. Like the amount of voter fraud is not accurate or maybe it's not enough to sway the election one way or another. It hasn't been proven. So when someone says it, they, for whatever reason, decide that they're going to stop that person saying it from broadcasting it on the air. It's an interesting choice because on in one hand, I see their point. If it's not true, you really shouldn't put it on the air. But on the other hand, it's like the president's people are saying this, so it makes it news. Even if it's not accurate, You're suppo- I think you're supposed to let it air and then say this is what's wrong with what he said in terms of, uh, as far as what we know right now. But it's a tough call. Like, if you're the head of Fox and someone starts coming out on the air and saying some shit that you think is fake, what do you do? What do you do? Especially if he's not really the president anymore. Right? If, like, they're, if it seems like it's going to be Joe Biden in office, you got to make a, you got to hedge your bets. Because if you get into a situation where, imagine if, and this is not outside of what's possible, imagine if, whether it's Biden or the next administration, whoever the fuck it is, gets into power and they say, we're going to make laws that punish people for spreading uh, false propaganda, for f- punish people who spread fake news. We're going to make laws against it, and we're going to decide what's fake and what's real. And so then Fox News gets fined $100 million, $500 million. They, get, they, get, they, go, they go blank. They go dark for a week. They have to stay off the air for a week. Some crazy shit. Yeah. Like if they decide that they're enemies of the current administration and the current administration gets the support of the people because the support of the people, like if most of the people are into the president and they, they can, like what if they have control of the house or control this, you know. They control, could do it. They, Technically they could do it. You never know. Not now. Right, right. now I don't think they can do it. But right. it it's not impossible. Like if you think of the people that have been silenced from Twitter, right? The people have been kicked off of Twitter People that have been kicked off of Facebook, New York Post. New York Post got kicked off of Twitter for that Hunter Biden story. Yeah. That that would have never, you've never would have imagined that being possible just a few years ago. Right. But it's possible now. So now we have a new sense of what's possible. If you keep taking that further and further, you could see how Fox News would be like, hey, 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 kill that. Right. We, we got a business here. Rupert Murdoch, he's alive, right? Uh-uh. Rupert Murdoch's not alive anymore. No, the son's got it now, right? Or no, the he the, does the control it. I don't, but he's still alive. Yeah, the uh, the other guy died. The owner doesn't Rupert have a super hot wife? I think he's got a super hot wife. That, that would make sense. Yeah, 
I heard she's a real fox. You know what I'm ah! saying? Come on. Come on. There's something about those like purely transactional relationships. Oh, yeah. What's the new one? Jagger's ex. What? Jerry Hall. Jerry Hall. What? Come on, son. Mm-hmm. For real? Let me see a picture of her and him together. Yeah. Give me that one right there. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Damn. She's just waiting. She's waiting. Well, maybe he's nice to her. Wow, she was hot as fuck back when she was with Mick. Jesus Christ. Wow. Let me see that upper left picture that you just clicked on. Oh. Upper left. Oh, no, upper left. Yeah. Look at that again. Yeah. She's just checking his pulse maybe every nice day. Just holding on to maybe that Maybe she wrist. loves him, yeah, maybe. Tony. Maybe. Wasn't, uh, look, look, at, at that, look at that hot body he's got. Does have a hot body. <laughs> if you're really into like anatomy, you want to know where the skeletons are? Like That's what I like in a man. I want to know where all his joints are. I don't want anything to be cloaked by meat. <laughs> oh, there's his heart very clearly. <laughs> I could see it beating through his yeah. weird translucent rib cage. <laughs> Frightening. <laughs> How old do you think you're going to live to be? I don't really think about it. Hmm. Honestly. If nothing happened, if if you were to go natural causes, because you're a very, very healthy guy, what would you guess? If you were to go with from old age, as healthy as you are, the if life I stay wealthy, had, yeah. I'm going to live a long time. Yeah. Unless I do something really stupid. No, you're going to stay wealthy. It's going to be interesting. You'd have to really, you'd have to do some pretty crazy stuff. I mean, islands and islands, right? Yeah, I'm not into buying things like that. Right. I think, um, I think it's possible today to live to be 120. Yeah, I think with the right, and I think what we're dealing with now, we're on the cusp of what's possible. I want to, I don't want to say any names, but I was having a conversation the other day with a billionaire, Mm -hmm. a very wealthy man who believes he's going to live to be 200 years old. Wow. Yeah, he's explaining to me all the different things that he does and where he thinks like medicine and science is gonna go. And I was like, any any simple advice? Is there a secret out there? Celery juice or something? Don't do all the things we did in this podcast. (laughs) 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 Don't don't drink whiskey and smoke cigars. Um, I think for sure exercise. It seems to be the number one thing. You have to keep your body moving. You have to keep your blood flowing, and you have to keep your body strong. Keep your body vital. There's a difference between working out and uh, overtraining. Overtraining seems bad for you. I have a friend who's 28 who caught the COVID, and uh, he's in really good shape, but he caught it when he was working out really hard. He was doing a fitness instructional, and he was like training way, way, way too hard, like really beating his body down, and then he caught it, and he caught it pretty bad. And he had it bad for a couple of weeks. Mm. He's, he's young and healthy. Um, so the thing about training, and this is the thing about guys training for fights, they get sick a lot. Um, it's cause you're, you're, you're breaking your body down. You're getting to this, like, there's a fine line between training hard and overtraining. It's a really fine line and it's, uh, it's hard for people to find the exact spot to land in. You know, a lot of fighters overtrain. Tim Kennedy, the guy we talked about earlier, he famously overtrained for his last fight with Kelvin Gastelum because he had a fight cancel. He went through a full six-week training camp and then a fight canceled. And then he w- got another fight come up in another six weeks or five weeks, I think. And he went straight – I'm not sure about the time, but he went straight into another full camp 
And then by the end of that camp, he was so tired. He just never gave himself a, a – your body can't sustain, like, peak performance levels for very long. You can sustain a good level for a long time, but you got to know when to peak and when to back off. And really good fight trainers, they know when a, a fighter is too, too sharp. They're like, you're peaking. We're going to pull you back. And so they'll pull them back and they'll say, take a few days off. They'll, they'll tell you, like, go watch TV. Go lounge in the pool. Swim a little bit. Just relax. Go for a hike. Just chill the fuck out. Let your body recover. Let your body recover. Let all that broken down tissue rebuild itself. <sighs> Let your body um, just rebound and then come back at it again, but do it slowly. So the smart ones, they're monitoring heart rate, heart rate variability. This thing that I wear, the whoop strap, that's mm -hmm. what that's all about. It's all about monitoring what, how well your body's recovered. Like every morning when I check my app, I check my whoop app, and it tells me how well I've recovered from the night before, um, whether or not I'm in like whether or not I'm good to go for today or whether or not I should take an easy day. It like the it'll show you based on your heart rate variability. But a lot of guys don't do it that way. They they just don't want to be a pussy. You know, they just want to keep pushing and keep pushing. Right. And you can break your body down doing that. And that's when guys get sick. And if you get sick when your body's already tired and compromised and then a virus gets in there mm. and weakens you even further, you can get really sick. I had pneumonia once uh for a a tournament that I went to. It was when I, I was uh, training really, I was training like a moron. I never wore a heart rate monitor. I wasn't even taking vitamins back then. I was just eating whatever and training like a terrorist. And then uh, I, I came out here. Oh, well, I came out to California. I fought in this tournament in Anaheim. I was 19, so it was like uh, 86, 1986. I fought in the Nationals in Anaheim, and I had pneumonia. And uh, I fought three times with pneumonia. It was horrible. And then the next day, I was so, so fucking beaten down. I was so tired. And I can't believe, I was like, how did I fight yesterday? Like, what the fuck? But that's also what happens when you're, you, you, you take yourself past fitness and you don't want to be a pussy. So you keep pushing, keep pushing. But it's really dumb. Like a smart athlete knows when to back off. Like a, a, an experienced athlete knows their body really well and they know when to back off. But the right way to do it is with heart rate monitors. The right way to do it is like Steve um, Maxwell told me that a long time ago. You should check your heart rate in the morning. And if it's more than X amount of beats per minute over your standard resting heart rate, it means your body hasn't recovered yet. So you should not work out that day. Hmm. And it's hard for people to do that. Or if you do work out, you should work out really light. Like maybe do some positional drills that doesn't tax your body. Like do some things where you like framing and just go through everything in slow motion where you never really – break yourself down but it's it's also sometimes people want to do too much too soon like my friend cam haynes yeah cam haynes when he's training for ultra marathons will run a marathon every day that's not fake like i've seen him do it i know he does it he shows me his fucking his uh his he has an under armor uh, app that he uses or tracks his his uh his distance every day it's bananas but he's done it because he's he's done that slowly but surely he's built up this base over decades of of training hard you couldn't just go out and do that and if you ask like there used to be conventional science or conventional wisdom rather would be that uh if you run a marathon you need to take six months off wow. <laughs> he's running marathons every day yeah. because there's levels like you can build up right. so the athletes that stay in shape have a, a much better chance at getting through a training camp and not being overtrained. But the athletes that take a lot of time off and party, 
Those are the ones that wind up uh, afoul. I think I'm going to pee my pants. Oh, go pee. Okay. Jamie's gone too. You're going to yeah. pee with Jamie. Yeah, I'm gonna do this it. is the first time ever that I've been left alone <laughs> on a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And I already talked too much. So now what to do? I think that all of us are real nervous right now. I think this is uh, an unprecedented time in history where everyone is wondering what's going to happen next. Everyone is wondering. And it's so easy to say that we need to be more empathetic and we, we need to be more nice to each other. But I really do think that that is something that we need to concentrate on. This idea that like people are making lists of people that voted for Trump and supported Trump and, and that they're, they're going to put them on these lists and they're, they're, they're going to send these lists out to potential employers. And you got to give people the opportunity to make mistakes and you got to keep, give people the opportunity to grow and you got to give people the opportunity to have a different opinion than yours. And just to say that if you support that guy, you support this or that or whatever horrible thing it is, whether you think it's racism or fascism or whatever ism it is. I really think now more than ever is a time to come together as a country and to realize this is not healthy for anybody to divide ourselves into these two groups. And the more we push against the, especially the people that won the people in the Biden camp are now like, now we're going to make lit. Even AOC wrote that we're going to make a list of all the sycophants and supporters of Trump. Like, I don't think that's the right way to, to do it. I think historically blacklists and lists of people that are for, forbidden from working or forbidden from uh, be, being considered uh, a, a part of uh, accepted culture, it's, it's very dangerous. People are malleable and people, they make mistakes. They fall into groups of people that have different opinions. And we just got to be legitimately got to be nicer to each other. That's what I think. And it sounds so cliche that we have to be nicer to each other, but that's what this country fucking needs. We need to realize like, yeah, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, we're in a fucked up place. Yeah, it's fucked up that people are rioting in the streets and it's fucked up that there's police brutality and it's fucked up that there's COVID and it's fucked up that people are losing their jobs. But the only thing we have together, if we're, we, we really truly are a community, is to treat each other like we're a community. You know, you could be like if I, I, I imagine a world where there's a Republican and a Democrat living right next door to each other and they joke around and they laugh about stuff and they talk to each other and they they have different opinions. What? I have to tell. I Snopes? Need like five, no, I just said I need like a five minute. Uh, I need to, I can't just still sit here for a little bit. I need to go to the bathroom. Oh, okay. I let it run. I thought you went. I did. You came back when yeah. you saw? Oh, go back. And I like, I gotta. You don't have to tell us. All right, I just I didn't know if you want to stop or, <laughs> or go or what. <laughs> I'll be back in like five minutes. <laughs> What's happening? Jamie just he cut his pee short, and now his balls are aching. No, it wasn't He's got a shit. Yeah, He's got to shit himself. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I really had to pee, and then I I was I had reached maximum pee, and then once I saw Jamie go, I'm like Jamie's peeing, and then I really started thinking about peeing, and I simply couldn't take it anymore. Mm, I understand. People really, you know, they I, I bet a lot of people. It, towards the middle end of your podcast you don't realize it because your body's you know superhuman or whatever but they, they have to pee a lot because people get extra hydrated oh yeah to do your show and then they drink coffee mm -hmm. and and whiskey yeah it makes you pee 
Yeah, I don't know why I don't have to pee. I don't have to pee at all. Weird. Sometimes I do, though. I've had podcasts where, particularly after yoga, because after yoga, I drink a fuckload of water because I do that hot yoga, and I'll drink. I'll bring a 64-ounce um, uh, hydro flask with me filled with ice and water. I'll drink that whole thing during a yoga class. Then afterwards, it's wee, just pee, 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 pee. Yeah. Can't stop it. Yeah, it happens, man. The uh, Are you worried about the future, Tony? Yeah, sure. I mean, no more than I was two years ago. Really? Yeah. It's no different? It's just a different focus on it. You know, it's different. How so? I'm just uh, I'm just concerned about, you know, the, here, let me do this. Let's go back to what you were just talking about, be, about being nicer to one another in a unified front. Is I had this thought the other day, which was, I was thinking about America after 9-11, when we had a terrorist attack and we had what appeared to be a clear enemy and it brought us all together. That's probably the closest we've all been together, right? As a country. Sure. And then... How old were you? Um, oh, boy. I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school. So, I don't know, 16, 15? Mm. How old are you now? 36. Yeah, that makes sense. Because uh, I was, uh, I think I was 30. And I think I remember I remember hearing about it going, holy shit. Like, I couldn't believe it. Man, I was 31. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and then I remember thinking, wow, everyone's so unified. All these people with American flags on their cars. Do you remember that? Yeah. Super, super unified. Do you remember and Jay London? Yeah. Jay London used to sell those American flags you stick in your car. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Jay and I... Uh, Is that pre-Last Comic Standing? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because Last Comic Standing was later in the 2000s, right? Wasn't yeah, it? I think so. 2003 or four. he was on Last Comic Standing? Yeah, that makes sense. He had sense. a moment in the sun Yeah. there for a while. Yeah. But before that, he was essentially... Uh, it was just like a street vendor. He was selling these American flags. Little ones that attach to your window. Wow. You roll up the window and the flag's blowing. So one of my conspiracy theories, going back on that, to that 9-11 thing, is that one of the reasons why this country is sort of turning in on one another is because right now we don't have, for the first time in forever, because we're pulling out troops of everywhere, we don't have an enemy, you know? We don't have an actual targeted let's unify to beat this opponent type of situation. Instead, troops are coming home for the first time in forever from Afghanistan and this and that. And we, we realized that we are, we were, we were, we were fooled into getting to, into Iraq and all of this other stuff. It's all becoming so clear. And since we don't have an enemy, we're starting to. There's a little bit of that for sure. Yeah. And then there's also COVID in the lockdown, which exacerbated everything because so many people are stressed out and out of work. There's some crazy number, like 30% of the people in this country can't pay rent. Right. Yeah. That's never happened before it's in our lifetime. It's and, insane. And how does that bounce back? That's my, my point about Melrose. Like in a big city, who's going to invest in going back into those places? You know, when you see these closed down places, to bring them back up, to, st- to, to to imagine a time where you're going to drive down Melrose and all those stores are filled again and there's all hustle and bustle and traffic and, and people walking on the streets and not dangerous fucking gangsters everywhere. Like, it seems weird now, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And sometimes it picks up, you know, a nice warm Saturday afternoon. It's It, it looks sort of the same out there. Sort of? Yeah. 30%? I know. It's weird. I'm trying to rationalize it in my head. but It's not the same. It's not. No. I remember we did uh, this thing for the Comedy Store where uh, it was uh, Whitney Cummings and Bill Burr and Paul Rodriguez and um, Annie Letterman and Jay Leno and, and me, and we're on a roof with Mike Binder and... And uh, we were, it was the first time I'd been in Hollywood in a long time. And the first time I'd been at the store in a long time. And it was really emotional. And it was sad. And I was sitting there hanging out. And, and you realize there's no one on Sunset. No one. And every now and then, like, Lamborghinis would go racing down Sunset. Like, flying. Like, you would hear, Like, going 90 miles an hour plus down Sunset. No cops. I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is so strange. It's very surreal. One of the last times I was at uh, the comedy store, I got pulled over because my muffler was too loud. <laughs> the cop pulled you over? The cop pulled me over. So um, what's that like? That just seems like a scene out of a comedy movie. Cop walks up to you and then what? Does he ask brother? for the ID? No. No. He goes, um, <laughs> I was pulling you over because your muffler's too loud. I go, it's... It's a factory muffler. Right. Like, it's. I have an M3 from 2005. It's a, a Dynan, and it comes with a Dynan muffler. You know what an E46 is? E46 M3? Not really. There's a sweet spot in the... Do you know anything about BMWs? You used to have an yeah. M... Would you have a 5? Five, 5 Series? Yeah. Beautiful car. Yeah. Great car. That year that you had was 2000... Two, 2004, something like that. Same year as the E46. It's the... A lot of people think it's the Goldilocks zone of uh bmws because it's before bmw became this really cushy um like luxury car and was more of a driver focused car and uh my the year that i have is uh 2005 i actually got it from a guy who contacted jamie who we were talking about e46s and he's like i got one that only has fifteen thousand original miles it's a silver e43 it's beautiful it's like a classic looking car um, but it has a, it's not that loud. So this cop was just looking for shit to fuck with people by. And if I was an, uh, just some asshole right. or maybe a young black guy, mm-hmm. I might be getting a ticket. I might be in trouble. Like he just decided to pull me over for nothing. I wasn't speeding at all. I just took a right out of the comedy store parking lot and all of a sudden the lights were on like immediately. And I pulled over and he pulls over. And uh, I go, uh, what did I do? And he goes, uh, seems like you got an aftermarket uh, muffler in your car. I go, hey, man. <laughs> I go, how you doing? And he goes, hey, what's up? And I go, I don't have an aftermarket muffler. I go, it's a Dynan. This is the way it comes from the factory. Yeah. And he goes, well, it seemed pretty loud. He goes, will you rev it for me? I go, okay. <laughs> so I give it a little vroom, vroom. And he's like, yeah, that might be too loud. You might want to get that checked. I go, okay. What do I do now? And he's like, nothing. You're all right. I go, okay. He goes, I'm not really trying to pull people over for this. You know, we're, we're looking for bad guys and drunk drivers. I go, oh, I understand. It's okay. And I'm like, all right. That was a that was a fame privilege moment where right. I, and a white privilege moment. <laughs> I, was, I was driving away from that knowing, like, if I was just a, a, a 25-year-old kid, white, black, whatever, I was probably getting a ticket for right. a loud muffler. And it wasn't even loud. It was just a cop looking to fill. He had, like, you probably have, like – 
this is controversial because some cops say it's not true and i've talked to cops who say it is true like they have a number of tickets that they have to write in a week or a month or whatever and they get in trouble if they don't write enough shit and so this guy was like well that, that doesn't seem that soft let me pull this dude over just no reason yeah just that was it. There was no. I mean, I was. He was going left. I was going right. He did a U-turn, pulled me over. It was instantaneous. Yeah, I got off on a warning recently. The guy just lied to me. He's like, "I got you doing what was it, forty-five in a thirty-five? Or no, no. It was. We should more point than out that. that you drive a Corvette. Yeah, you probably were doing forty-five. Yeah. But I realized he didn't say 45. I knew I was doing 45 and a 35. He said I was doing like 49 or something like that. But I knew I wasn't. Because I've it literally, this model Corvette has like three speedometers that you can't miss. There's it's got a digital giant speedometer. digital one. There's one there. And then there's one on the other side that shows you another speed. Um, what? You have more than one speedometer? I'm almost positive there's three. I think three. you have a tack, you fucking Luddite. You didn't even What's know what tack? you have. Oh, my God. What are you talking? Who cares? I got the around. engine. No, I... it's a tachometer. It shows you how many revolutions per minute your engine's going, you fucking dummy. I know what an RPM is. <laughs> I don't call it a tack. I'm not some cool car guy. I don't... What are you talking about? It's standard. This is what you have. You have a speedometer and a tachometer. They're right next to each other on every single car that's a performance car. You know what there is? There's a regular speedometer. I'm, I'm almost positive of this. I There's a regular do. one. And then a digital one. And then the digital one tells you right in the middle with exactly. big numbers. Right. right. And then right. over the digital one, on top of the RPMs, there's also one that digitally shows you. Two digital ones? You don't know I'm what the fuck positive. your car does. Yeah, there it is. Wait. N- oh, wrong. yeah, there's two. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, that one you're looking at is a fucking tack on the left yeah yeah no on the left is a speedometer that one in the middle is a tack that's a tachometer yeah and in the tachometer then it has miles per hour in the center of the tack right so the tack will show you when you hit red line if you're using your paddle shifters so most of the time a luddite like you i'm sure you put it in drive like a fucking (laughs) dork you don't even use those paddles do you who needs them oh how (laughs) dare you you know what it's like if you press the pedal all the way down and drive goes fast yeah. 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 That's all you care about, right? Yeah. It's the best feeling in the world. You don't even, you don't need a, a clutch. Who I don't need anything. I don't need any of it. You don't need to shift. Have you shifted for yourself yeah. ever? Yeah. It's As a fun. grown man? Yeah. It's a lot of fun. When's the last time you did it? In that car? I don't know. No, 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 no. I mean a real shift. Left foot clutch. Yeah. I used to have right a, hand. Uh, yeah. I used to have one. What'd you have? Well, I used to own a, a Hyundai Elantra. Oh, yeah. Sporty. Powerful. That got me prepared for my Corvette. Um, but no, when I rent cars and stuff, sometimes on the road, I'll I'll get one. What? Yeah, they don't rent you a stick shift. Sure, they do. Who are they? Who's renting you a stick shift? Yeah, there's a lot of janky cities out there, Joe. Really? Yeah. What do you like? What do you rent? What's the last time you rented a stick shift? I can't. I don't. I mean, it's all a blur. Just keep making shit up. Go ahead. What do you mean? You don't think <laughs> rental cars have stick shifts? They do, but you have to like really ask for it. I feel like I. Most of the time, they drive automatics. Yeah. Like, there's stickers that people put on cars that say uh, anti-theft deterrent, and it just shows a manual transmission, because hmm. most people just don't know how to drive a manual. I liked it. I mean, I and if and if the car was um, manual, I would have I would have done that. It's fun. It's fun to have stuff to do. <laughs> 
I like it. That's really what it is. It's it fun is. to have stuff to do. Yeah. They're on their way out. Manuals? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. You know, they used to have manuals on motorcycles where it was an actual stick shift, the really old ones. Yeah, Josh Serlin, he's the uh, owner of uh, Black Bear brand. They're a real cool clothing company. They built me this really dope leather jacket, man. It's really cool. Um, he makes, like, really interesting handmade stuff, like clothing and, and shit. And he's into, like, craftsmanship and old stuff. And he has a motorcycle. I think it's, like, if you go to his Instagram, Black Bear brand, he drives this really old motorcycle. There's Brad Pitt doing it. It's I think they call it a suicide shifter because you have to reach down and imagine Brad Pitt, beautiful as he is, no helmet, just driving mm. around. See it in the upper right hand corner, that picture? That's what it's like. So you shift like uh, a clutch, like you press and shift it by hand. Just go to Black Bear Brand on Instagram because he does it. Um, he's got videos of him driving through tunnels. It looks so badass. And he said, like, I talked to him about it, and he was like, it's the most alive I ever feel. He goes, the tank only lasts for, like, 20 miles. Like, it's this little-ass tank, and this engine just eats gas. It's so inefficient because it's a really old bike. But he's just, and shifting with one arm on the handlebar and shifting like this. But there's something about, there he is. Look at this. That's Josh. So he's driving this thing, and then when he shifts, see that thing over by his uh, dick? That's his shifter. Look at that. See, he has to reach down to shift gears. Weird, wow. right? Yeah. How could they make a motorcycle more dangerous? First time I ever saw that was a drug dealer in Phoenix. I met this drug dealer when uh, we were at uh, the uh, Improv Tempe in Tempe. Improv, yeah. yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. Yeah, and he's like, hey, man, you come hang out with us. I was like, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Cut to you holding on him on the back of his motorcycle. <laughs> my hands around his way. Crazy no, shifter no, you got I, there. I didn't. I avoided him. Yeah. Because he just seemed like trouble. He was a little too enthusiastic about hanging. It was a little coke, cocaine enthusiastic. Yeah, that Tempe improv is uh, wow. Yeah. Well, Tempe is college town. Yeah. And it's surrounded by like that Scottsdale area, which is notoriously... Um, it's a upper town. Like that's the place where I think Tyson got arrested there for coke. Mm. It's a a lot of coke. Like I, I didn't, you know, I'm ignorant to coke. I've never done it. Me but, too. N- never not once. But I was with Red Band, who's done it a lot. And Red <laughs> Band and I were in a club, and he goes, you know, everyone's on coke. I go, what? He goes, look around. Everyone's talking real loud to each other, and they're all touching their nose. And it was almost like I couldn't unsee it anymore. Right. I was like, oh my god. He's like, dude, everyone's on coke here. Yeah. I go, whoa, really? He goes, yeah, they're all on coke. Yeah. Makes sense, though. Yeah. Like, that Scottsdale area, a lot of rich folk, a lot of people like to party. Yeah. I like hanging out with those people because I don't get tired <laughs> until 4, 5, 6 a.m. normally in old normal life. So I, yeah. sometimes I, I just, I'm completely oblivious to it, and I don't realize that they're doing that, and they don't want me to know that they're doing it, so they keep it secret from me, and everybody wins. We're all having fun. Have you ever had a desire to try it to see what the fuss is all about? No, there's nothing really with uh, with anything that's an upper that excites me. One time, I took a half of one of the pain pills that uh, my dentist gave me when I had a wisdom tooth removed, and I immediately uh, half. And he told me to take two or something crazy. He's like, take two of these if you feel any pain. I took a half of one, and I could see how people 
would love to do heroin and all of it. I could mm. I immediately the the warm, sweaty feeling of ha- pure happiness went over me, <laughs> and I was smiling ear to ear, just so happy. And uh, so that's a scary one, and that that was done. I remember one time I uh, got a hold of the old school Nyquil. This was like in the nineties. I was sick. I got a hold of old school Nyquil, and I took it, and I was lying in bed. And it was just like, it was like melting into my pillow. I was like, ah. Yeah. Felt so good. Yeah. Felt so good. Just drift away. Just be comforted. Felt like you were in the womb. Yeah. Like everything's going to be okay, Tony. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to get a big, warm hug by the world. That's it. That's exactly how I felt that day. Mm. The argument for people that don't have anything going on in their life, like, why should I not do that? Right. You know? Right. Luckily, I had already started the adventure of doing stand-up and all that and had a reputation or whatever because I could totally, 100% see myself doing it. It made me feel so good. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people, if you don't have a good enough, like a discipline, a thing you're into that requires work that you really get joy out of, you don't have that and then you find the the drug early before you've had the good feeling of accomplishment right that drug feeling could take you over and then it's really hard to like sacrifice it's really hard to 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 embrace discomfort when you're really into that codeine feeling that uh, yeah uh, just drift away all your worries go away Tony yeah that's the big problem with people with opioid addictions you know, if you don't have something better than that, a lot of people are like, why should I abandon it? Right. You know? And yeah. it's a it's a tough argument because what's your argument for that? What do you say? Hey, you should suffer in a factory. You should <laughs> you should work your way up to a mediocre existence of debt and, and struggle and hate your job every day and stay clean. Yeah, that's rough. What do you do? What do you tell them? That's the that's the number one problem I think people have when they don't have a lot going for them and they also get into drugs. Like what, how do we how do you fix that? What do you think about mushrooms being legal now in Oregon? Dude, steroids are illegal in Oregon. Whoa. Or legal rather. Everything's right. legal. Well that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to Oregon, get fucking buff Just get and jacked. trip my balls off. Become like Dorian Yates, do acid. <laughs> Who's Dorian Yates? How dare you? Oh no. How dare you? Dorian Yates is one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. You know who Lee Haney is? No. Son of a bitch. But does How he about use Ronnie a, Coleman? Does he use a tack speedometer? No, I know he, Ron Coleman. Columbus, Ohio. The Ohio go. State University. Oh, okay. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Coleman? Ohio? Ronnie Coleman was... Uh, Mark Coleman. Oh, you're thinking, thinking of Mark Coleman. Oh, I am thinking of Mark Son Coleman. Son of a bitch. That's Damn. a white guy. Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie Coleman's like one of the greatest bodybuilders of all time. He was so big, he doesn't even seem real. Look at Ronnie Coleman. Jesus, oh, son. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. He um he did the podcast recently and his look how big he was dude he was so big now that guy his, I could picture throwing an ice pick in one of one of his biceps right? oh yeah he wouldn't even notice it yeah um he he's had every single disc in his back fused except like one or two I think he's had a, a bunch of back surgeries his back is all fucked up 
from just lifting in immense amounts of weight and pushing himself like to be that big and that strong like you have to have a crazy work ethic look at his back go to that upper right hand corner picture look at that what the fuck that's alien god that's so crazy look at his butt cheeks jesus louise jesus goodness jesus yeah so that's what you could look like if you moved to oregon start lifting there's dorian look at dorian Dorian's also been on the podcast. He's a normal-sized guy now. But back then, when he was the champ, go to that one in the middle right there. Bam. Look at that. Du- fucking come on, son. Look that's what, that's the size what, of him. That's what Jesus. I look like after lifting 25-pound uh, kettlebells a few times. Bro, I mean. In my of, head. Look at the size of him. He was, uh, for his day, like extraordinarily massive. And that was like, he sort of was one of the group of the next level of bodybuilders that that took mass to a new level. And he, when he, you know, when he talked about it on the podcast, he said he basically lived like a monk. Like all he did is eat and train. Like he was just obsessed with being the best. Is it just a life of pain? Tearing your muscles so that they build, grow back bigger again and again and again? That's a lot of it, but it was just the results. He was addicted to standing on that stage going... Bam! And everybody be like, holy shit! He wanted to just unveil. That's... It's like, people have a narrow-minded perspective of what art is, you know? And I think bodybuilding is an art. But I think it's an art that only people who participate in it truly appreciate. I think there's a lot of arts like that. I think pool's an art like that. Like, when I watch a guy like, like I was saying, Efren Reyes, when I watch him play... Like, you watch that guy play, you're like, wow. Like, the way he gets out, it's like, it's beautiful. But only people who really understand pool know how difficult the shots are or how he changes the angle with English. And okay. and I think bodybuilding, when you see a guy like Dorian Yates or like Lee Haney or like Ronnie Coleman, when they get to that peak form when they're on that stage, like, only a person who really knows how difficult it is to be that massive and that shredded and to be standing there with veins on your feet all the way up to your calves and your thighs and your fucking all the way up to your neck and your head like that's massive crazy dedication it's steroids and dehydration and there's so much involved in reaching that peak form when you get on stage like they're really unhealthy when they get on stage like that moment when they're shredded they're super dehydrated yeah they cut all the water yeah yikes it's a big yikes it's a crazy way to live. Yeah. But for them, because they understand the dedication involved, like people that are really into that, man, it's a, like a tight knit community of people that are really into like looking shredded and vascular and what it means to be that guy, you know? Yeah. To be Mr. Olympia. As you could tell by my body, not really my thing. Well, but for your thing is killing, killing on stage. Like, I was talking to, uh, well, I've talked to a bunch of comics about this, but I think recently I was talking to Segura about it. We're like, can you imagine living your whole life and never killing? Never knowing what it's like to just, to just crush. Thank you. Good night. You know, to lay down a Netflix special, you know, and have people watch it all around the country. I can't go without it. I know. It's hard. Doing it tonight. That weekend that we did in Houston, man. That so was the last fun. time I did it. That was July. Really? August, September, October, November. That was four months ago. And that was only one weekend. Imagine how much fun you'd have if you came out tonight. Maybe I will. Cheers. 
Cheers. It's been well. I'm a little fucked up. It's gonna be fun. You and me and Ron White. Who yep. else is on the show? Uh, the young um, Tony Casillas. You can't call him young Tony Casillas. There's one young. Huh? It's young Jamie. Oh. I don't know. Is he still young Jamie after the coronavirus? <laughs> Didn't that put a little... No. Sick for a day. Son of a bitch. Look at him. beat it. He what? beat it. That's why I beat it. Oh, okay. He beat it because he's young Jamie. Yeah. People get mad because he's got gray hair now and I still call him young. That's because I have stopped dying it. I've always had fucking gray hair. <laughs> when did you start having gray hair? When I was 12. You know, you can go to a hair salon out here. Well, you yeah, go to a black one and get cornrows. <laughs> why don't you go? Why don't you get cornrows? I've had it once. Cornrows? Yeah. I need to see that picture. Uh, do I have a picture of it? I'll give you a raise if you get cornrows. Ooh. <laughs> that high contact. <laughs> that glance he just show? gave you. Do it on the show or what? I just, will you it. get in trouble if you wear cornrows? Will that be cultural appropriation? Or have, they, or have they let that go? Probably. I would imagine so, yeah. It's for white girls. It's a real issue. But it, for a guy, it might be it a goof. It hurt. Ooh, I would imagine. It's very tight. Uriah Faber got that when he fought because Uriah, the California kid, he's got some long hair. Yeah. He would get some cornrows. You could do it during a show. You could just have one of the cornrow people behind him mm-hmm. doing it. With the pick and, then, and the whole deal. I think I did it for a show. It's when I was still in a band. I had long hair back then. I forgot you were in a band. Yeah. Wait, what do you, you have any recordings? Ears pierced. Yes. <laughs> well, we're going to end the show. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, no, we have to. No no no, 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 no. It's not good. No. no. That's no. why it's no. good. No, no. Come no. on. Let me make fun of you. Is it on YouTube? No. It would, there was no YouTube. This was, it was a long time ago. It's, mm, I'm saving, I think it's on YouTube. Saving yeah, no, it's not. It's not. We should put it on YouTube. Mm. We should put it on the JRE channel. <laughs> mm, probably not. <laughs> it's, I'm, Do you, you have it? You wouldn't even know I'm in the band, though. I'm not singing. I'm not, you know, it's... What are you playing? Be playing bass and guitar in the band, so like, oh. there's a bunch of other people that they probably wouldn't be big fans of that being out there either. Have I'm you thought about bringing them. that back now that we're in the center of live entertainment? This is the I place. I have. I have. Have, I have you really I thought have. about coming back? Yeah. Wow. Really? Really? There's people last night were trying to book me a gig already. I was like, calm <gasps> down. I was like, I haven't oh, even barely played my guitar. Oh my Stop. goodness! What was the name of your band? Eat uh, shit. A few, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Please welcome Eat Shit. Thank you so much. We're Eat Shit. Yeah. Good night. What kind of music? Uh, it was like heavy metal, rock music, you know. Dude, you were playing metal? Uh-huh. Wow. I mean, that's how I turned... I, I have an ear for music. Like, I turned you on to that fucking badass song by uh, Aaron Jones. Yes. Away, right? Dude, he's really good. I've, uh-huh. I've got into a bunch of his shit. Uh-huh. His people reached out. I see. He's going to send us the album, he said, but it's not done yet. He's very good. He's uh, he's very good and very unique. Seattle sound, I think, is what they're calling it. That. How much good music came out of Seattle? Mm-hmm. That is a crazy part of the world. A lot of despair and rainy days. That's it. Yeah, motherfuckers, get it, go inside. Like, how much good music comes out of Miami? Oh. Right. And by the way, you know, <laughs> Seattle has one more day of rain if it's good. per year than Cleveland. And Cleveland has one averages one more day of clouds than Seattle, so they have an equal amount of shitty days. And a lot of great shit comes from Cleveland. Yep, it's yeah. where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. So if you think Suzanne about it, Suzanne Santo from Honey Honey. Yeah. Yep. Honey Honey came out of uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people come out of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- those places that really suck, those people have a lot of pride. It's weird. Oh yeah. <laughs> people like live in places that are awesome. They don't give a fuck about those spots. But people that like fucking hang in there in pittsburgh we're gonna fucking hang in here yeah pittsburgh or death you know there was a dude who came to my cleveland show with a t-shirt on that said cleveland or death and uh i put him on my instagram 
I was like, that shirt needs to be seen. That was what it said, right? That makes sense. I'm sure it's something like that. Yeah. I picked death on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you're from Youngstown. I know. I'm People kidding. from Youngstown dream of moving to Cleveland. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, you know, being from those places is great, but getting out of them and getting out of there is better. It only works if you get out. Well, I don't this is know. fucking winters, man. Yeah. That's what I'm talking with Joey Diaz about. It's like, Joe Rogan, this fucking winter's going to be a cold one. I can feel it. I yeah. go, there's always a place for you in Texas. Yeah. He's dreading winter like a fucking Game of Thrones character right now. <laughs> We're playing games. We're playing games. I'm eventually going to get him out here. It's just going to take some time. I saw White Walker the other day, Joe. They're coming. Let me know when you open up that club. When <laughs> yeah. I open up that club. He'll be there day one. The floodgates will open. Oh, I'm yeah. going to put out the bat signal. Yeah. Because I don't think the comedy store is going to open up, and I don't think the clubs in New York are going to open up. I think it's going to be a while. But we have rapid testing here. I mean, we do it at the studio. I think if I hired, this is my thought. If we have a parking lot, and in that parking lot, you have a team of 10 nurses, and you tell everybody to come an hour before the show. The show's at 8, get here by 7, you get tested. You just have a name. You, you write, you, everybody wears a mask. You get, it's a quick nose swab. It's not hard. You do a quick test. Everybody goes inside when you're, when you're clear, and when you're not clear, they get you the fuck out of there. Yeah. But I bet most people would be clear. Yeah. And you'd maybe catch a few here or there that didn't know they'd have it, right? If you have it, if you think you don't feel good, please don't come or get tested at this resource and come on down. And then you have people, they get tested, they go inside, and then they can have a drink and wait for the show to start. Show starts at 8 or 8.30, give people plenty of time. Yeah. That's not unreasonable to ask not for. Not at all. Go- people, before the doors open up at the store, people wait in line for longer than 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. So if you could have 10 nurses... I mean, you've you got your test today. It literally takes five seconds to administer the test. Yep. Well, ten seconds, right? It's ten seconds of swabbing yeah. your nose. So they they swab your nose. They do the test. It takes fifteen minutes to get the results. But you could do that if you have a name and a number, like uh, number seventy nine. That's me. You're clear. All right, good. You got your ticket. Maybe you have a QR code or something like that. They scan it at the door. It's not hard to imagine that you could do a real show out here like a real show like 300 people packed like in a a place the size of the comedy store main room 350 400 people you could do that here yeah it's not you like because there's a disease doesn't mean there's not a workaround where everybody can still be safe and still be like we're doing right now everyone in this room has been tested we're okay so then we can just sit across from each other and have fun and not even think about it. Right. That could be done in a comedy club. It can be done, you know? And is it easy to do right now? No, it's a little complicated. It's a little expensive. But is it better than not doing it? Yeah. Especially if you're a fan of comedy. Right. If you know that you can just get tested and then you can go perform in front of a real crowd, like packed, like the old days where everybody's clean. Yeah. God having so much fun we were having too much fun but this is the wake-up call it's a little reminder that you and i and diaz and ari and duncan and 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 so many others we lived through the golden years of the comedy store it was the golden years and almost like poetically it ended at the peak it was sold out every night yeah every night monday tuesday wednesday thursday multiple shows a night main room or I remember going in there on a Tuesday night. There was two shows sold out in the main room. 
The show in the OR was completely mocked. They were doing two shows in the OR. Remember that? Yep. They started doing an early show and then a late show because there were so many people. Yeah. You had to rotate the crowd. Belly room was packed. Packed! Yeah. Everything was packed. Those were always two or three shows a night in the belly. Yeah. And people were flying in from all around the world. Yeah. It was literally the golden age of comedy. And then it ended. And now tell me what you were telling me about L.A., how fucked up they are. They won't even let people. You're doing a show with no audience in the main room, right. streaming it yeah. to people in the parking lot, and they won't let you do it. Right. They gave, uh, they gave the comedy store a ticket because we were streaming the show from inside to outside on television. But, but you can also stream other things. You can play the Lakers. You can play UFC. You could show anything you want that's live. You just can't show what's happening inside the building live outside to the parking lot. So... How does that make any sense? Right. It doesn't. It's ridiculous. <sighs> and by the way, the system's so messed up that one week it'll be one person and the next week a different person says that that's okay but this isn't allowed. And... And uh, performing in a window is okay, but streaming it to screens isn't. Or it changes continuously because there is no consistency and they don't know what to do. And then at one point, it got approved by uh, West Hollywood that they were allowed to do certain things. Shows. Yeah. In the parking lot. Yeah. They sent out a newsletter. Yep. I was like, oh shit, they're going to do shows in the parking lot. Yep. And then the city of LA shut it down. Yep. LA County <coughs> was like, nope, even though you're your own thing, West Hollywood, we're not allowing you to do that. What, do you think that's political? It's, it's, it's all a mess, man. I just, I, I, it, how does that make sense if you can go eat at Boa and that's outside? Right. How does that make sense? Right. And also when you factor in that people will be talking less than they would be, especially, you know, right around the corner is the Saddle Ranch, which is playing music and you have people at tables talking over the music to one another. So if yeah. it's about protecting people from a disease and then you factor in that almost nobody talks during a comedy show other than the one person talking and that they're all facing one direction and... The, the, clearly, if there were scientists, they'd be like, oh, it's much easier to spread it with the music and that that's totally legal than with that, where almost nobody's talking. And then the comedy store was also proposing a big shield, a plexiglass shield between the audience and, this, and the stand-up. Yeah. And they're still like, nope. Right. Because it's live entertainment. And they think that if they do that, people are going to just start dancing or something making out i don't know what's going on doesn't it's make any sense what i talked to dave smith about yesterday we're like these governors and these mayors they all suddenly have power and it's very difficult to let that power go it's not it's not nice and they keep getting paid what should happen is their income should be based entirely on the income of the city or the state yeah so when the income of the city and the state is drastically reduced the salary of the governor and the salary of the mayor should be radically reduced as well. It's and brilliant. Then, and then you would see how quickly these motherfuckers would open things up. Yeah. And 100%. On that, and on that note, fuck faces. That's it. That's it. Um, where you at tonight? <laughs> well, people will find out tomorrow. Yeah. But I'm at uh, I'm at uh, Vulcan Gas Company tonight in Austin. Is that you, Jamie? And. What is this? Oh, shit. Is this you? Where are you at? That's that you me. right there? Yeah. Play this shit. Uh, oh, I don't yeah. even know what it Come on, like, play Sound, it. Play it, play it. We'll leave with this. That's not good. Play it! <laughs> play it! Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. bad. 
Give me some volume. Man, eat shit's pretty good. This is our last concert, I think. Eat shit, coming to 6th Street. <laughs> okay, stop. Turn it back on. We're going to close out with this. Chase your dreams, bitches. <laughs> I'm in Dallas this weekend, though, at Hyenas. Where? Hyenas, that's yeah, a good club. Four shows. Yeah, I do that. I go there all the time. It's so much fun. Keep that volume going. And, Who are you uh, working with? Very good Just me. Player. Just you? Yeah. Oh, well, an opening uh, act? Yeah, I'm working with uh, Tony Casillas again is going to be there. And, uh, and uh, yeah, someone else. I'm not sure. Someone else. Yeah. Look Another incredible to local talent. All it's right. between two guys. Well, anyway. that's it. Dallas, this weekend. Come get some. Watch Tony Kill Hinchcliffe, Tony. Golden Pony. You're moving here, right? Yes! <laughs> yeah. Say yes! Yeah, just to, we just got to get everything open here, Tom too. Tom Segura's moving here. Red Band already bought a house. You know that? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, come on, bitch. Crazy. Come on. Come on. All right. You can January. Okay. January's when I'm opening up. I'm okay. going to wait. I want to wait until the I want to wait until the new uh, once Biden gets in office. I want to see what they do. I'm worried about lockdowns. I'm worried yeah. about nationwide mandates and w- weirdness. Yeah. You know? I'm hoping that they recognize that there's a there's a way to do things and open things up. And also they recognize that people have to go to work. You can't just keep everybody shut down. A lot of waitresses and a lot of waiters and bartenders that got fucked over during this shit. I want to. Let's bring them back. 100%. Get everybody back to work. Bring yeah. back some comedy. Yeah. Texas. Let's Tony. Do it. I'm in. Come on, Tony. Okay, I'll do it. I just All decided. Right. Eat shit coming to 6th Street. <laughs> We're going to have to get some new band members. Looks like they Come already on. have. What's up? up with the smunk machine? Uh, so, I mean, it's about a billiard hall. They, they were doing the best they could. A billiard hall? You uh-huh. played pool and, and had music? The best they had, yeah. A lot going on. We had two singers. There's a lot happening. That guy's screaming. Yes. He's got one guy sounds like Tool. The other guy sounds like Megadeth. That was the goal. That was the goal. <laughs> you, you figured us out. It's a fusion. <laughs> Only you knew us back then. <laughs> oh. Good night, everybody. Good luck. Godspeed. Let's keep it together, bitches. Woo! That's it. <laughs>